0: Welcome back to (laughs) Stranded and Streaming.
1: Is that what we're doing today? Oh, all right.
0: Right, yeah. So many projects, so little time. That's
1: right. So many (laughs) podcasts, so little time. We can barely manage this one.
0: Hello and welcome back. We have some announcements.
1: (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Some rule changes.
0: (laughs) So obviously this is a fresh project for us. And going forward, we've made a few changes since we've had our start here and we have a few episodes in the tube ready to be released but you'll hear changes moving forward but you'll also hear some of the old stuff Mm. and we just wanted to clarify that there are some upcoming changes to like the layout to categories some things here and there all good and all fun
1: some of them good (laughs) i don't agree with all of them (laughs) But I'm just, a, I'm just a moving mouth on this show. So.
0: This is the first I've heard of this. I, I didn't know he didn't agree.
1: <laughs> I'm kidding. Actually, I'm very excited for all these changes. Uh, first thing is the categories. Yes. So we have our chit-chat discussion, the movie. So we have story now instead mm-hmm. of... Uh, story time. Uh, story time, sorry. <clears throat> story time is its category now. We talk about the story and kind of go through the plot and all that fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, it w- originally was Juicy Deets and Fresh Beats, but right. we had a weird, bizarre, like it was very weird to navigate because we talk about the music, then not talk about the music, and then talk about the music.
0: This is a little more streamlined now, so we'll yeah. stay
1: on track. Should be, be a tighter show. Be
0: a little more focused. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll still go off the rails often, <laughs> and that's to, to our fans' detriment.
1: It's unfortunate for you, but thanks for listening. (laughs)
0: Hopefully people like this, because, you know, if if you don't like us going off the rails and talking about random things here and there, well, sucks to be you, I guess. Yeah.
1: Plus, it's a podcast. It should take up nine hours of your life.
0: (laughs) Not every episode. But (laughs) but yeah, you know, nine hours from start to finish over about nine weeks.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, our show is very candid. We don't we don't discuss I mean we kind of like get a general litmus test to see how each other feel about a movie.
0: There's no rehearsal, there's yeah. no um spelled out notes other than our mm. like layout for
1: categories and stuff, but We don't even have a script. No, no M- script. Much to our detriment, I think, for some people. <laughs> it's all improv. <laughs> yeah, it just, it just happens, okay? <laughs> when that record button goes, I just panic and start saying things. <laughs> uh, so the the what used to be um, Juicy Deeds Fresh Beats is now story time. Mm-hmm. And then the category after uh, was just visuals but now we're gonna put sounds in visual so it's gonna be called sights and sounds mm-hmm. and you'll be very very excited when you hear the category because it's gonna be awesome it's carter's voice <laughs> it's incredible
0: <laughs> thank you thank you
1: <laughs> scoring stays the same if, if
0: there, if there are, are any talent scouts listening for voice work i'm
1: available <laughs> carter bingham you you message stranded in streaming i will get you set up with him Oh, yeah. Oh, well, you can be my sugar daddy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, just tag along on all your fancy projects.
0: (laughs) One of us needs to actually be making something off of this.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's never going to be me. (laughs) Dylan, Mm -hmm. we have a new contract for a sponsor. Fuck them. I don't care. (laughs) I just want to talk about how much I hate this movie. (laughs) Excuse me. Um, So those categories have been slightly modified, shouldn't affect anything. Mm -hmm. But we're doing a new fun thing, and we are going to score each category with its own 0 to 10.
0: Changing up the scorers. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, scoring will be a little bit different, and it's going to be a little more authentic rather than just arbitrarily scoring the entire thing. Mm -hmm. We'll score each of the three categories individually to Mm -hmm. get us an average, which then will... um, We've got a, a surprise afterwards for mm. how we can uh, move forward with that. So yeah, trying trying some new things.
1: We'll introduce that. You'll you'll learn in the scoring of this episode. So this will be the first episode that has the new um, categories and new scoring system. Mm-hmm. Uh, so bear with us, and of course, give us feedback, opinion, whatever. We mm-hmm. made this change because of feedback and opinion. Yep. And we can go backwards too if there's enough complaints. <laughs>
0: We are for the people. <laughs> Most of them. <laughs> if you'd like to be part of our focus group, <laughs> please, message. Please send us a screen. message. <laughs> and one more thing that mm. I wanted to say now that we are officially launched, we have launched officially. We have an active Instagram. Mm-hmm. We are both managing that and taking turns kind of posting and, and sharing things. I wanted to remind everybody it's in our outro, but. If you have a request for a movie that you would like to see reviewed, please send us a message. Let us know if you've got one that you really like. Just be prepared that we might tear it apart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. so maybe don't share with us your favorite movies, but at least if you if you see a movie and you're like, hey, I want to hear about this. I want to hear a fresh take. You know, send us a message and say, hey, I saw this movie on Netflix or hey, I found this movie on HBO Max. Um, send us a message. We'll get it on the list.
1: It's like a dating app. Just slide into our DMs for completely unknown what's going to happen next. It could be good, it could be bad, but please slide into our DMs. It's
0: always an adventure here.
1: <laughs> you won't leave bored, I will say that, if yes. you slide into our DMs.
0: You might be disappointed, but you won't be bored. Yeah, <laughs> something
1: I guarantee you will happen.
0: <laughs> anyway, moving on.
1: This week's episode is... Matrix Resurrections. The
0: brand new film from Warner Brothers on HBO Max. It is streaming until January 21st. We mentioned in a yet-to-be-released episode, but previously recorded episode mm-hmm. for the first Matrix movie that we would want to um, get ahead of this and review this so that we could actually put this out before it's, it leaves HBO Max, which mm-hmm. unfortunately, which we, we, we did not get on that with Dune. We don't know how
1: um, to schedule. That's... <laughs> If you're gonna be a guest in the show, it's gonna be mayhem. But
0: (laughs) So anyway, we are starting a series on The Matrix and the original Matrix trilogy, kicking it off here with The Matrix Resurrections.
1: Yeah, and I, I think it's worth to launch this, do this episode and launch it first, mm-hmm. just because it's like, hey, you got to see the show in time. But hey, for some people, this is the first time they're walking into The Matrix, and mm-hmm. they may have not seen the last three films, or are even interested. They just want to get in on this and see what's going on. Right. And it's heavily accessible at this point right now.
0: Yeah, at least the original trilogy is. Those are sticking around on on hbo for a while yeah. as far as we know maybe uh, forever
1: because warner brother owns it
0: yeah yeah it could be but yeah you have until january 21st to watch resurrections if you haven't seen the original trilogy go watch that before you watch this one just for the linear and storytelling aspect of it mm-hmm. but yeah w- without further ado let's uh share a synopsis
1: That's gonna be you sweetheart okay
0: <laughs> okay here we go synopsis Return to a world of two realities, one, everyday life, the other, what lies behind it. To find out if his reality is a construct, to truly know himself, Mr. Anderson will have to choose to follow the White Rabbit once more.
1: (laughs) Dum-dum-dum.
0: So, before our spoiler warning, obviously we like to share whether or not this is a must-see. Dylan, would you like to share? (laughs)
1: um uh, the first matrix episode the reviewing the original movie that started this all has not been aired yet it should be soon mm-hmm. if i can get our scheduling figured out which <laughs> i won't um once you hear that without big spoilers but i'm a huge huge fan of the matrix series i just I loved it i sound like every other matrix fanboy you know oh, it changed my life blah blah, blah. it kind it did it made me really analyze things more even in storytelling not just if the life is real or not, it's not just that it's storytelling um, pacing. Mm-hmm. That being said, I was looking forward to this. I wasn't at first. And then I was, cause they were like, we're redoing, like we're launching another matrix. And I'm like, Oh God, like, here we go. Like everything, there's nothing new anymore. It's just all reboots or rehashes.
0: Yeah, I agree. It kind of came <coughs> out of nowhere. The mm-hmm. announcement last year that they were making this movie. Yeah. And, and at first I was like, what? Mm-hmm. But then I, I did get excited. I thought it was a cool new idea to um, see a continuation
1: on the series. As time went on, the more trailers were released and mm-hmm. you know, so the hype machine got me involved and I was sucked up on that way. And I was like, Oh my God. So literally weeks away, I already looked at the, I marked it on my calendar. I was like, it's coming out that night. Like I'm going to watch it at home. And, and if you know, if a movie's really good, I will want to see it at home and go to the theater and pay good money and food to sit down with strangers and maybe get sick so I can see this movie. I'm willing to risk it all. There's there's a
0: risk in everything now. That's right.
1: It's it's, it's risky just talking to people. <laughs> Who would have thought? It's not worth the risk, I think. It's don't don't go to the theater to see this. If
0: you have HBO Max, yeah. watch it at home. It I I would say it's worth the watch if you already have access to it. Yeah. It's very cool. I mean, A lot of this was this. this whole project was inspired by the fact that we have so many streaming services now and Mm -hmm. HBO Max doing what they've been doing for the last year, releasing movies together with the theatrical release and on HBO Max has been really cool. So yeah, if you have access to it, it's worth a watch. Mm -hmm. And if you're a fan of the series, it's worth a watch just to see the continuation. But I agree, it's not a go pay money to see it. or, Or don't go pay extra money to see it. Wait until you either have access to stream it or if you have HBO Max already, go ahead and stream it.
1: And if you're a person that doesn't have HBO Max and you're like, hey, should I subscribe just to see this? If there's a free trial, sure. <laughs> <laughs> but if there's not a free trial and it's just pay now to get access, <sighs> I mean, it's fourteen ninety nine. but even then. There's
0: um, a lot of other good reasons to get HBO Max, <coughs> but I don't know if. The Matrix Resurrections yeah. is one of those reasons. <laughs> I,
1: I'd pay the money to watch Game of Thrones, the yeah. first seven seasons. Mm. I mean, do that. But I'm not going to say Matrix uh, Resurrections is the one to tip you over the board. Mm. Um, I, I walked away, I don't know, soured, I guess. <laughs> and if you want to know more, then you'll stick with us here.
0: Right. And something that I, I mean, my personal convictions here with movies, I try to go see movies without looking up any facts about mm. it no reviews no uh, opinions mm-hmm. so really if you don't listen to our opinion and you want to go see it i have no qualms about that you should definitely do what you want to do yeah um because that's what i do i i don't listen to other reviews before going to see a movie but yeah i mean if you do care about our opinion that's that's the grain of salt to take this with
1: so. yeah that's really good, actually. I, I like that. And, and I try to do the same thing. Yeah. I'll walk into a movie just sight unseen and be like, let's see what the hell's going on here. Right. And then, you know, the tra- traumatic look on my face as I walk out. Why did I do that to myself? <laughs> I should have listened to a review first. Right. If only there was a podcast that talked about this stuff.
0: Oh, if only. <laughs> <laughs>
1: mm, a re- refreshing transition. <laughs> All
0: right. So let's get into the spoiler warning spoiler warning so obviously from here on out spoilers are ahead if you haven't seen it and you want to before spoilers ruin it for you take a hike and come back later
1: you've been warned (laughs) everything that happens after this is your fault (laughs) (laughs) complimentary pause okay story time New category. That's right. Now we're in. The story. Achievement
0: unlocked. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Is that what the sound sounds like? I don't know. <laughs> uh, what do we got? So we, the Matrix uh, Resurrections, right? Mm, it's yes. been 20 years since the Matrix series stopped. Nearly, yeah. Yeah. It ended pretty much. Mm-hmm. And it ended on a, a a pretty decent note, I'd say. Uh, being a fan of the original trilogy, mm-hmm. but I felt like the first one was really strong. And two and three were decently strong, but Mm -hmm. they, they lacked some magic of the first. And going into this one, I was like, okay. I mean, like, I didn't look at reviews, didn't look at anything. Just mighty chuffed to see it come on, you know, ready to access. And mm-hmm. I mean, I I like turned on the surround sound and sat down. I made sure I had dinner. I was showered. I was like ready to do this. Ooh, Yeah. It was a religious sit down moment for me. <laughs> I made sure like, like all my emails were answered. Do not disturb was on. I'm going to watch this movie. Not even. No interruptions. No interruptions. <laughs> Nothing will get between me and this movie besides my bladder. Mm-hmm. That's it. And my bladder got between me and the movie like twice.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's been happening to me a lot more lately, too.
1: Uh, such is age, huh?
0: Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, Carter. It's only downhill from here. I know. <laughs> uh, so we, we come back to the Matrix, right? Exact same opening as the first movie.
0: Yeah. For at least the first couple of minutes, it's almost like a mirror image. Yep. It's very, very nostalgic feel to it. Very familiar.
1: And it's intentional. It Mm -hmm. it is intentional to feel that way. Right. The police, uh, they, they show the, the SWAT team kind of moving through. Mm Mm-hmm. And it shows a reflection of them from the water shooting upwards, too. A lot, lot of reflections, tons, like, purposefully. Mirrors,
0: windows, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very intentional. I thought it was interesting. You could tell that it was, like, the same sequence mm-hmm. or the opening scene or whatever. Yeah. But you could also tell that it's updated. Like, yeah. the SWAT team definitely looks, like, modern. The All the guns they're using, modern. Yeah. Um, The agents look different. The cars look different. Like, all of it looks updated but it is mirroring the opening scene of the first movie
1: and the first movie it was just um like beat cops Mm -hmm. coming into the room with uh our introduction to trinity sitting at the computer Mm -hmm. but now it's like a fully geared SWAT team right like whole new era Mm -hmm. and everything unfolds but you hear this the narrative not a narration but you're hearing this experience through a new character brand new for this movie bugs who i love her jessica henwick it's she plays Colleen Wing in Iron Fist
0: mm, and Defenders, the the Marvel yep. uh, Netflix series. Yeah, yeah,
1: and and I'm telling you now, like screw Iron Fist, don't watch it. It's <laughs> it's a waste of your time. It's insulting. It's it's like really just not good. But Colleen Wing is like the one of the highlights of Defenders. Yeah, she's a, like an Asian uh, dojo owner. She teaches martial arts,
0: and she makes an appearance in Luke Cage as well. Right?
1: Yeah, she kind of pops up throughout those because they because they're interconnected they're Defenders. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but Jessica Henwick is incredible. I just want to throw that out. She is like the reason why I don't hate everything about this movie. <laughs> <laughs> she's also the uh, one of the first female X wing pilots In to the be Force featured. Awakens. Yep, yeah. She was, uh, and I was doing the research for this. I was like, oh wow, like she's no wonder she looks familiar.
0: Right. She's a pretty recent actor or actress, but she's got some big. Appearances. She was in uh, Game of Thrones as well.
1: She's one of the sand sisters, mm-hmm. uh, Nymeria Sand of mm-hmm. the sand sisters, uh, of the sand snakes.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> and she, I mean, she just, she has a, a air of intelligence and like almost chivalry, like bold, mm-hmm. like, like she's trustworthy. And her role as Bugs in this one, short for Bugs Bunny, <laughs> also a play, uh, they allude to this later, but it's a play on Follow the White Rabbit. Right. And she's the white rabbit. Mm-hmm. So you're hearing this through Bugs. She's talking to the crew on her ship. She's exploring this whole kind of... We're, we're all kind of thrown into... This. She's she's Us, the viewer, is kind of like in her shoes, too. We're trying mm-hmm. to figure out what the hell's going on.
0: She's like hiding in the shadows, like looking behind walls and stuff, like watching this opening sequence happening.
1: Mm-hmm. And the opening sequence is pretty much the old Matrix, the first Matrix movie with the Trinity rooftop chase and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But again, it's modified in a way, but she does make a statement. They're like, whoa, this is not how the story, because everyone knows the story. So the characters in this movie are self-aware of the original matrix trilogy, right? They all know the story and what's happening in front of them right now is not the same. And Mm -hmm. she even states it. She goes, maybe this isn't the story we think it is, Mm -hmm. which is, uh, I feel like Lana Wachowski, the director purposefully kind of like winking at the audience. Mm hmm. Which she winks at the audience continually throughout this movie.
0: Oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have more to say on that. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: so she follows the series of events and then it accidentally interrupts them. She was just trying to see what's going on, but gets involved. Has to fight an agent. Pretty cool stuff. Uh, her jumping from the roof, the transition down. Mm-hmm. That was like kind of the build up of the hype moment. Because I you saw it in the trailers. Right. So I'm like, oh man. Because when you say you think Matrix, you think... Some really just crazy industry-changing uh, stunt coordination and CGI. hmm Because you, you see it in the trailer. So you go, oh, wow, that's really cool. Like, I cannot wait to see what they give me, like, here soon, you know, for the next two hours. Right.
0: Yeah, they're, they're aware of the original story and what had happened in the past. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of comparing this sequence that's happening to what they know to be true. Mm-hmm. But it's not lining up, and that's when she, um Bugs, kind of notices that this is different, there's something wrong here, What what's really going on? And you don't find out right away, but the idea is that they're in a simulation, mm-hmm. but it's not the simulation, it's not the matrix. Mm-hmm. It's like almost a matrix within a matrix.
1: Yeah, this is Inception-level stuff now.
0: They're calling it, they call it a... A, a modal. A modal, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And in, in computing, a modal is an environment that disrupts other environments and lives in its own window. So if you imagine a um, a browser pop up back in the early 2000s when you're browsing and it's like... Ding! And it pops up, and you can't you can't do anything outside of either accepting or closing that window, mm-hmm. which is like very stressful. I'm glad technology has moved beyond that without disruptive uh, notifications, right? But that's what a a modal in, in computing technically is. But in this movie, it's in a weird way. The modal is an environment within an environment, mm-hmm. and we learn that it's not actually about Trinity's escape from the Matrix. It's well, spoilers is <laughs> Thomas Anderson building this whole environment to train an AI algorithm for some reason of Morpheus. Right. Which is uh, the introduction of the Morpheus. Right. Who's an agent at the time.
0: Played by Yahya, if I'm pronouncing that right. (laughs) Yahya Abdul Mateen II. Yeah. That was really interesting and really kind of threw me for a loop. Like I knew from the trailers and from like um, introductory information or whatever Mm. that Morpheus was not going to be Lawrence Fishburne, yeah. and he wasn't gonna be exactly the same character, but I had no idea like what this new guy as Morpheus was or what was really going to happen. Mm-hmm. He's a agent from this modal that was previously like programmed to be part of the whole agent construct. Mm-hmm. And he meets up with Bugs, and it turns out he's like seen The inconsistencies in the Matrix, and Mm -hmm. he's trying to figure out what's real and what's not. And he realizes that he's part of a program. And then Bugs shows him who Morpheus was. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like he kind of adopts the persona of Morpheus. Yeah. Morpheus adopted this persona, Uh and now this former agent has become a version of Morpheus. But he can't be a person, you know, he lives in the Matrix.
1: And he's an AI system, really. But he's gained sentience, right? Mm -hmm. Artificial, like this is like the steps of artificial intelligence.
0: Right. It's almost like parts of the Matrix are evolving, Mm -hmm. which is just a strange concept in and of itself, but it's familiar. It's part of the universe, so it makes sense. But then we cut to, after that intro, Mm -hmm. we cut to Thomas Anderson.
1: Mm. Oh, I guess technically before that, Bugs, Jessica Henwick's character, Mm -hmm. extracts the AI. Right. Yeah. She extracts Morpheus, Morpheus 2.0 out of the modal and out of the matrix itself. Right. So just to give context to that, they're they're out in the real world, which they explain how he can exist in the real world later, too. Mm-hmm. A lot of um, mental gymnastics to get through. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, but yes, you're right. Now we're at uh, Thomas Anderson.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And he is a... Game designer, game developer mm-hmm. works for deus machina, mm-hmm. which in Latin is yep. God
1: machine a man in the man. in it can be interpreted as man in the machine or God in the machine. Right. Uh, but in, in ancient uh, old ye old plays, the writing was so, and <laughs> writing wasn't as strong back then. As it is as it is now, I guess. Cause we, we have logic. We try to form like a thoughtful reason why characters go through things, mm-hmm. but imagine old day plays going to the theater And just seeing shit unfold in front of you, mayhem and destruction, and then like a man literally shows up in a machine, which is usually like a a platform that extends from the ceiling. They Mm -hmm. always play God or some larger entity, (laughs) and they just wipe away everything or just reset the plot. Mm -hmm. So I think going to the play back in the day was a really terrible experience, (laughs) storytelling-wise. It's like, oh, uh, he's dead, she's dead, and uh, the war is won by the bad guys. And then just baby Jesus comes out from the ceiling (laughs) and then everything changes. Mm -hmm. Everything's okay again. The good guys have won. Thank you for coming. (laughs) And they kick everybody out of the theater. So, but that's what Deus uh, Machina means,
2: Mm -hmm.
0: which I thought was an interesting reference because the, um, program company that or the computer company or whatever that that neo anderson worked for metacortex yeah metacortex the same kind of reference like brain brain parts and machine thinking computing and, uh-huh yeah yeah it's thought, all very that themed was really interesting so that was kind of cool you find out as the story continues he's being harped on by his boss mm-hmm. um, he's like trying to manage this game which turns out, the game that he made, or that the company made that he helped create, was The Matrix, and it's yep. based off of the first three movies. Yeah, so the, it, it's the original just, trilogy. Yeah, it's just, and it's even like blatantly obvious. It's called The Matrix. Mm-hmm. It's I thought that was really strange how that was part of the movie, part of the story, and I'm not sure that was the right direction to go with that like it made mm. sense but at the same time it's like that's really obvious like yeah. the storytelling doesn't leave a stone unturned yeah like it's right there in front of like, your face yeah it, i thought that was really strange
1: i liked the concept that the original trilogy was like acknowledged in the world blatantly as it's a video game and mm-hmm. They didn't explore it more than that, though, which what was, I found, upsetting. Because mm-hmm. it's like, this movie actually opens up really strong. You have this, like, oh, what's real and what's not. As a viewer, you're like, hey, is what I'm seeing real? Or is this in the Matrix? Or, like, take me on this journey, Lana. Like, bring me back into the world of the Matrix and make it, you know, bring... I, I'm expecting... I mean, obviously, I had high expectations, but I was ready for something new. I don't want to watch the first Matrix again. Mm-hmm. I can go do that with my HBO subscription or owning my... <laughs> I already bought it, obviously. <laughs> obviously <laughs> I, i'm a person who when you're gonna go relaunch a franchise i'm for it just make it new make it fresh mm-hmm. don't don't give me the same movie again why
2: yeah
1: i'm not one of those people where i need to be fed the nostalgia to be satisfied yeah i'm willing for new concepts so the video gaming was cool i i felt like hey that's awesome mm-hmm. uh let's so Thomas Anderson is a video game designer. He's mm-hmm. award winning. He's well known. Like the Matrix, uh, the game series in this universe mm-hmm. has won like countless awards. I mean, it, it kind of mirrors the video game industry now, right? Right. Uh, God of War series, what Call Call of Duties. Well, I guess that wasn't really, they, they don't win awards anymore per se. <laughs> And there's some controversy there with Activision. <laughs> I'll avoid that. <laughs> but there's video games that have just been famous and well-known, like Ratchet and Clank, mm-hmm. a Spider-Man the game. But in this universe, it's a game. But I, I, I'm okay with it. I mean, I was I was fine with it.
0: Right. It makes sense. It just didn't... It felt like lazy storytelling.
1: Yeah? Okay. Yeah.
0: I, I feel like it could have been... like the whole, the whole point here that is eventually explained is that Neo is stuck in the Matrix. Again. Again. Mm-hmm. And he has these visions or memories, or um, I guess, like, he's not really sure what's real and what's not because he has these, what he thinks are memories and visions Mm -hmm. of a past life. And he had based the game that he made on his experience. Mm -hmm. So it's like the machines were trying to confuse him into believing that he was having these delusions of grandeur for this experience that he never actually had, but that was all a dream Mm -hmm. or something. It, it it seemed really strange to be so obvious, but to try and hold him back inside the matrix. Yeah. Like, I feel like the, the way he was before where he was just, a. Drone working for a computer software company Mm -hmm. like that made way more sense. And if they wanted to keep him contained, wouldn't it have made more sense to have him live a more boring and hidden life rather than just obviously making a game Mm -hmm. based on his prior experience? Um, I I thought that was interesting. That's
1: a very valid thing. And I guess I'll just jump to the the spoiler of the movie is that the machines after the end of the the third movie, Mm -hmm. Trinity died Mm -hmm. and the Neo made the whole the ending and then also sacrificed himself and died. The machines recovered Neo and Trinity. Right. And then, like, disgustingly rebuilt them. Like, oh, that's terrifying. Like, I'm like, I'll just, I'd rather be dead than <laughs> that stuff.
0: Yeah. They um, essentially bring them back to life and repair their bodies. Yeah.
1: And insert them back into the matrix. Mm-hmm. But I guess for the system to work, because Neo, like, they, they, I can see it from a point of view of where the machines are like, okay, this guy obviously has lived all this stuff and it's real to him mm-hmm. and it, it was real. So we need to trick him into, like, kind of like being subservient back into the system. Right. So I think maybe that's why they chose the machines. Although I still think it's, it's lazy writing. I yeah. agree.
0: There's a little bit of an explanation there towards the end. Yeah. So it, it makes sense in a way. Mm-hmm. It just was a weird direction to take it.
1: Yeah. yeah. It, it was kind of like, well, how, how are we going to explain ourselves out of this one? I know. <laughs> it's a video game.
0: It's a video game. <laughs>
1: So Neo exists uh, doing uh, as this world famous video game designer, but he's like constantly tortured because he is not fully submerged in the system. He, he's having these visions and he has to visit a shrink.
0: Having breakdowns. Yeah. And yeah the shrink played by <laughs> Neil Patrick Harris. Which I think is
1: poor casting. Really? I Yes. Oh. Everyone disagrees with me and, and, I, and I rightfully respect <laughs> that. <laughs> But I can't look at Barney Stinson
0: across the way. That's true. He's had a a few more roles since How I Met Your Mother. So I I was having a hard time taking him seriously at first. But he does play a good villain.
1: I think there could have been better casting.
0: I I believe you. And I agree. I think it could have been better. But I think they did well with... He did well with the character.
1: No, Carter, you're wrong. And I'll tell you why. (laughs) Barry Stinson, (laughs) as the analyst, here in my notes sucks with a capital s <laughs> <laughs> i can't take barney stinson seriously and then you know usually when i make a complaint mm-hmm. I, I don't just have a complaint i try to like answer it constructively like well then who the fuck would you have had played it dylan uh and ergo jude law jude law can do a, a good i'm a bad guy but also be kind of like menacing yeah um ewan mcgregor could have been and he proves it in the suicide squad or no birds of prey yeah where he's like a bad guy but he thinks he's a good guy uh-huh. so you have these characters james mcavoy from he did a such a good job in split oh, that yeah. shows me his range okay you could have had professor xavier across the chair <laughs> be like kind of like concerned and and uh, a trusting friend an ally sure but yet with malicious intent um and actually finally a left field one eddie redmayne Ooh. Eddie Redmayne, Newt Commander, yeah, from uh, Fantastic Beasts. Mm-hmm. Eddie Redmayne has such a soft and trusting face that it would have been awesome to see Eddie Redmayne like turn evil because he's. And Eddie Redmayne has such a stoic stare mm-hmm. that I could be mistaken that he is ones and zeros. He is a machine program. Yeah, Neil Patrick Harris expresses a lot.
0: He does. He's very expressive. And,
1: and he's great at that. And I loved him in other things. I, I think I like Neil Patrick Harris. I do not have anything against him. I think he's a fantastic, uh, a, a talented actor himself. Yeah. He sucks <laughs> for the Matrix Resurrections. With a capital S. With a capital S in my notes.
2: <laughs>
1: but but I, I can I, I can admit that other people do find his casting. you You find his casting great.
0: Well, not that his casting was great. I agree with you that he could have been played by somebody else mm-hmm. just as well or better. Yeah, but I think he did okay with the character. Mm, that's fair. So, yeah, um, he still sucks. <laughs> <laughs> casting could have been better. The character was still good. Um, but it's interesting. He's not referred to as a therapist, mm-hmm. and just with and same same with uh, a lot of the conversations that are had by Neo and other people in his surroundings Mm. he's he calls him his analyst Mm -hmm. and he talks about when when they're talking about like past experiences and growing up they're not talking about thoughts and feelings they're talking about being programmed yeah and all of these like computer terms yeah so it's it's very obvious that he is part of the matrix and it's interesting that he's using he and the other people are are using all of these terms and i think that adds to the conflict inside him is like he doesn't believe this is real Mm. But he can't figure out what is real. Like it's very, very difficult. It's the same conflict he was having in the first movie.
1: And he's he's tortured by it. Mm-hmm. And and the analyst slash shrink, but you're right, not called the analyst. Right. They have this exercise where they have Neo do it where he touches his legs like mm-hmm. and he has to like focus on the sensation. And
0: touch his fingertips together. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And that's actually a real therapy thing where like for people who are having like a like um, personality uh, dissonance where they're not like fully um, there or trying to understand what is perceived real or not. Right. They do those exercises. So you focus on the sensation. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I thought that was pretty neat. It's like Neo focus w- on the
0: feeling. Yeah.
1: Your yep. fingers. What, what, what are they touching? Uh-huh. Yeah. Like that's really cool. Yeah. Um, fuck Neil Patrick Harris. <laughs> <laughs> not him personally. Just right. I don't, I, I'm going to keep saying that because it was bad casting.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, he meets Trinity, hmm. Tiffany, <laughs> now <laughs> Tiffany on the nose in a coffee shop. He's meeting with one of his one of his coworkers, I guess. Jude. Jude, that's right. Yeah, um,
1: which I feel like is short for Judas. <laughs> because he's a betrayer. And also, I feel like Jude is everything Lana Wachowski feels about the fans of the Matrix, like the the hardcore mega fans. <laughs> Jude represents that cuz he even like says like nasty things and then he's like, "I'm sorry, I was raised by com- like computers." Right. Like uh, I don't know. It was just on the nose. But he was because he was in the Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh my gosh.
1: The actor that played Jude was good. Yeah. I I think he was good and and he uh, as annoying as he was, he was purposefully annoying. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to punch him in his stupid mouth. <laughs> and in the boardroom meetings where he's like, what do you think when you think of The Matrix? They really captured the boardroom meetings for video game or franchises mm-hmm. when they have these like people who don't care about the series. Yeah. Try to pitch ideas on how to make the series awesome, like these focus groups. Yeah. They nailed that, which I feel like is Lana.
0: That is... Needs to be deconstructed, for sure. Before before we get to that, I have oh, one sorry. more thing about Trinity. Yes. So she's now called Tiffany. That's her alter ego in The Matrix. Mm-hmm. Her, um, I guess, non-hacker alias, whatever. Yeah. Um, her,
1: her new alias. Yeah.
0: So she's married to a guy named Chad. Mm. And here's a little bit of trivia. The actor that plays Chad, his name is actually Chad. Chad uh, Stahelski.
2: Mm.
0: He's the director of the John Wick series. Oh, really? Yeah. And... He was the stunt double for Keanu Reeves in the original Matrix trilogy. No way. Uh Uh-huh. So little bits there. And here's the here's the funny thing. So in a way, him playing Neo as a stunt double, Trinity's married to Neo. Right. Like it's all
1: it's (laughs) because it's a lot of like mirror effects, right? It's all
0: connected, yeah. Uh Uh-huh
1: um you, you actually there's another thing is neo's the dsi digital self-image what yeah. we perceive ourselves to be uh-huh. he's not he's an old man yeah so actually in this whole world only neo and trinity see each other as who they truly are right everyone else who sees neo and trinity don't see what we see, like they don't see keanu reeves and Carrie Anne moss they right. see these totally other characters mm-hmm. and neo's digital self-image one of them because it changes a few times it's mm-hmm. they're not consistent and it's it actually is explained that the analyst every time Neo kind of wakes up, mm-hmm. they reset him again and then give him a new DSI so people can't find who Neo is. Right. And one of his uh, DSI is uh, of Carrie Ann Moss's real life husband in the re- like in the R world. Oh, I didn't the, know the, that. The the bald man with like the short gray hair. Yeah. and like the long beard. That's Carrie Ann Moss's husband's <laughs> actual real life image oh, that's portrayed funny. on. Yeah. So it's like they they play the Lana played these games with us mm-hmm. uh, with the reflections. You catch a glimpse of Trinity's reflection, but I don't know who she is and I couldn't find out. But in the coffee scene. Yeah. In the in, <laughs> I love the coffee place by Simulaté. I have a funny <laughs> thing about Simulaté at the end, but <laughs> it, it shows Trinity answering the phone call and in in the table reflection. It's like a blonde woman.
0: Yeah. Which obviously older.
1: Oh, definitely older. Yeah. And that makes sense because I didn't really understand Trinity's conversation with him where she's like, oh, I I played your game Uh and I saw myself. I talked to my husband, Chad, and I said, didn't that look like me? And then he laughed. And I was like, yeah, Chad's a dick. (laughs) But then I was like, oh, shoot. He doesn't see her. He doesn't see. She sees herself. Yeah. He doesn't see Carrie on Moss the way we see her. Mm -hmm. So anyways.
0: Yeah, I didn't really pick up on that at first, but after realizing the whole DSI thing and the, the machines were changing his look, mm-hmm. that was really crazy. That's interesting.
1: That Yeah, that was one of those like, ooh, mm-hmm. like you're giving me something delicious to bite on. I liked that. Right. So the next bit is he, um, Neo, Mr.
0: Anderson, mm-hmm. he's with the other, his coworkers, the whole team, and they talk about make, making the Matrix 4. Mm-hmm. <laughs> expanding on the game which was mentioned by his his boss at at, in that first scene how warner brothers their parent company Mm -hmm. and he actually says warner brothers
1: on the nose
0: yeah is saying you know they're gonna make it with or without us so we got to make this game and i need you to do it you're you're the creative mind behind all this i thought it was interesting how self-aware they were with Mm -hmm. it but then that got me thinking and I think you had a better explanation on this, but the Wachowski sisters, no, mm-hmm. they didn't want to continue the franchise. They didn't want to continue the story. They wanted to leave it where, where we ended with the third movie.
1: Yeah, twenty years ago, they wanted to stop right there.
0: And they really do. I'm, I'm surprised, honestly, at how many jabs they got in at Warner Brothers mm-hmm. throughout the movie and it still was released with all of those things in the movie.
1: You know you know why though I think cuz Warner Brothers is soulless. It's like Warner Brothers is literally this soulless machine. Like Warner Brothers is the matrix like yeah. like you know what here here you go Lana I'll give you this one. Warner Brothers is cuz literally they've they've destroyed the DC universe in, in a way like instead of doing something unique, they looked at Disney. Mm-hmm. Like literally Disney what Disney's doing with the MCU whether you like that or not. They are doing a genius job because Mm -hmm. they're they're getting people who are enthused and love what they're doing and then pumping it out, paying them well and asking a lot of money from us. Mm -hmm. But I'm willing to give you that money because you made a product. Warner Brothers said, oh, look at how successful Marvel is. And instead of thinking, hmm, they're putting people who are passionate that love this stuff even without the money. They don't think that. They just, they took a focus group and said, made a list of, oh, what are the things that Disney are succeeding? Mm -hmm. And they took that list and then just made that their agenda. And that's why DC, not DC, the comics, but the DC franchise that w- Warner Brothers is doing. The
0: cinematic universe. Yeah. yeah
1: is shit. <laughs> <laughs> and so I can see why they released this. Cause they're like, Oh, well that's what the Wachowskis do. They're very on the nose. Mm-hmm. Fuck it. If they talk shit about us, whatever. As long as this movie prints money. Right. We're fine.
0: I feel like Warner Brothers still makes good movies, and there are still some good examples of yes of some, some things out there that have been done well. Mm-hmm. But yes, I think you've got it right there, because they're looking at the model that Disney is using to create real cinematic gold. Mm-hmm. And Warner Brothers has become greedy and sloppy, mm-hmm. and is... Just going after it. It's like a tortoise and the hare situation where mm. they're in the same race. They're trying to make good movies mm-hmm. and Marvel, not Marvel specifically, but Disney and all of their properties, they're all going slow and steady. They're doing their homework. They're putting in the work yeah. and doing all their good research and all that. And, holding
1: things back if they need to. Yep. Mm-hmm.
0: And they have won the race because the Warner Brothers hair over here has just been taking shortcuts mm-hmm. and trying to trip up. Yeah. Uh, disney and trying to copycat their model and it's not going well for them
1: <laughs> i i think literally warner brothers is force feeding their the directors of any like dcu mm-hmm. they force feed they make them sit there strapped to a, like a chair matrix style right <laughs> jack them in and then hold their eyelids open like clockwork orange type stuff oh and make God. them watch marvel movies <laughs> for 16 hours nonstop. they just piss themselves in the chair <laughs> and at the end they're like okay shit us out a good movie or do else do it better yeah <laughs> do it better than them that's how all directors for dcu is is being treated but
0: with how self-aware this movie is like the whole matrix 4 creation task force mm-hmm. focus group thing them sitting in a room and talking about what the matrix is and how to build a better game and all that and how to create the sequel mm. the whole movie obviously is self-aware yeah with the whole concept of it being a game and, and all that thing. But Warner Brothers, I thought of a couple examples of movies that they've made recently that kind of fall into this same category of just being too much mm. and too self-aware. The first one that I had, which I already mentioned to you earlier, Ready Player One. yes. It was, it had great potential. It, it was a great movie. Stunning and, movie. And good story. The book was amazing. I loved the book, but it took the book or it took the movie a different direction from the book and it kind of turned into just this big Warner Brothers nostalgia callback. Yeah. So, a bunch of Warner Brothers old properties and licenses they brought in really without explanation or without really, I mean, it, it fit into the story of Ready Player One. Like everybody in this game universe that could bring the DeLorean and the iron giant and use them as pieces of the game or whatever. Mm-hmm. It made sense, but it felt like it was a bit much and kind of on the nose, but the other one space jam, new legacy.
1: Oh, I've not seen it. And I don't feel like I want to,
0: I, if you watch it, I, I mean, you should just for context, yeah. but it's like a, it was watching a billboard. It was watching a, just a, a bunch of advertisements. <laughs> Just parked
1: outside by the highway. Yeah. Like,
0: <laughs> It, it told a good story, and I actually did kind of like the idea.
1: LeBron they, James and stuff. Yeah, the,
0: yeah it, and it was a similar story to the original. Nothing could top the original, really. Mm-hmm. But it just, they had a Game of Thrones world, they had all of these other various things within this Matrix esque version of the internet. Mm. And it was so overdone and yeah. overpopulated with what was basically a Warner Brothers advertisement
1: for all their franchises.
0: Yeah. It was just crazy.
1: You know, it's funny how you say that because some movies do it really well. Uh, One of my favorites, Ralph Breaks the Internet. Yeah. And that was really well done. It just hits it. it, it, Like, it's like watching two comedians and one being fully aware of their audience Uh and giving things at just the right time and and the chance to build and foster a relationship with the audience. Mm -hmm. And the other one just walking on the stage is like, I'm here to make fucking money. Fuck you. (laughs) And then they just start like delivering their jokes Mm -hmm. In like um like a checklist format. Like, did I do the one about the Pope and the Jew? Like, you know, like, like just come on, man. Chill out. Like, we're here to have a good time. Right. Like, yes, I will give you the money. You can have the money. But
0: believe in what you're doing and actually feel it and put in yeah. some care for the fans who want to see what you're doing.
1: Yeah. And in this situation, I feel like it was a meta. This whole movie is supposed to be very meta, which upsets me at the same time. But Neo having the conversation with his boss, mm-hmm. who we later find out is another key player, <gasps> but that conversation, Lana Wachowski is Neo. Yeah. And Neo's boss <laughs> is like somebody above Lana, but not like, like almost like a producer. That's like, come on, Lana, mm-hmm. let's make this matrix movie. Let's make the matrix movie. Right. <clears throat> so she did not want to do this at all. Mm-hmm. And one, um, I guess we'll discuss this at the end, but one big thing is what actually made her want to do this movie. and had nothing to do with Warner brothers. Right. Uh, but, Anyways, sorry to interrupt. No,
0: no, you're good. All of that was very relevant. So he's in this tumultuous string of day in, day out, working out, going to these meetings for creating the next game and taking his blue pills Mm. that are prescribed by the analyst and all of that. And then he gets to the point where he is like ready to test whether he whether or not he's in a fake world in in a simulation he's gonna try
1: to jump off a building after what downing like half a, like a bottle of gray goose uh-huh. on the rooftop and he's stopped by bugs yep boom uh-huh
0: and they managed to find him because of the whole agent morpheus um coming out and taking on that role and she snags him and she gets him in another room, and they explain to him where he's from and what really happened. Mm-hmm. And it's it really is kind of mirroring the original movie when Morpheus shows up and he tells him, you're in a simulation, this isn't the real world, mm-hmm. but in order to get back there, you have to take this pill, I can't just show you. Mm-hmm.
1: And Morpheus even outright parodying original Morpheus, uh-huh. and then telling Neo... That, you know, these are the lines that you've heard before. Right. I mean, the movie spent so much time winking at everybody Mm -hmm. that I was getting, like, really upset. (laughs) But I was still at this point engaged in what was going on, right? Right. Oh, yeah. So Morpheus visits Neo first prior to him jumping off the or trying to take his own life to figure out if he can fly. Yeah. And then now, yeah, after Jessica Henwick comes up and rips him in, there's a really cool transition to the Tokyo train. Mm -hmm. That had so cool, like, vibes to it. And this time, the Matrix, inside the Matrix, is bright and beautiful. Yeah. So that's that's a really cool change that Machines did.
0: It's not as dark and monotonous.
1: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um,
0: so, yeah, they give him the pill, and they are able to isolate him, and obviously, they're attacked by the police SWAT team and mm-hmm. more agents and they go back to the train and all of the action scenes are very well done. Just, yeah. just like in previous movies, you know, the action scenes are really cool, yeah. filmed well, very exciting. The whole concept with the mirrors and doors and stuff mm-hmm. was very interesting. It's like they took the concepts from the original trilogy and kind of expanded on them because yeah. they don't have to get out and in with phone lines anymore. Yep. It's just walking through mirrors and doorways, Yeah, which I thought was kind of cool little bit of a refreshing change. And obviously we're in a new version of the matrix. So it makes sense. There would be upgrades.
1: Did you see the meta analogy to that though? Because the original matrix came out when the internet was still kind of in its weird infancy. Yeah. So dial up is why the (laughs) phone was to Jack in. Right. But now the mirror, um, and I was reading about this because I'm a matrix nerd. So I needed to understand, um, and any movie that makes you research so much is a bad movie. I feel like if you have to do a lot of homework to enjoy a movie, that's, that's a shit deal. (laughs) It's one I'm willing to take, but it's also why, where I stand on this.
0: When there's an expanded universe, I don't mind doing some extra reading, but yeah, yeah, for the average audience. I agree. Do
1: you want to enjoy this? Yes. Okay. Well, I'm going to email you some links at an essay. (laughs) Send back. <laughs> I want you to write a two-page report. Oh so God. I understand that you understand, and then I'll show you more. <laughs> uh, but no, the, the 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 mirrors and the glass. Yeah, it's uh, we're all jacked in. Our phones all of us oh, looking at our phones all the time yeah those are the mirrors to the internet
0: I thought maybe it was like a play on
1: Wi-Fi and being all wireless now but
0: no that that makes way more sense that's
1: that's supposedly yeah but yeah. I, I mean again I didn't see that and maybe it's because my uh, uh, my average intelligence <laughs> but that that was neat so that that's the change I guess
0: right <laughs> oh that's funny <laughs>
1: the the mirrors and glass and reflections because your phone when it's off it's reflecting right so but yeah we're always hooked in right we're all jacked in at this point yeah which actually is another analogy to the matrix because at the end of the last one they said they'll free people who want to be freed Uh and so now the people that are in the matrix are people who willfully know that the matrix is fake but don't want to leave they stayed yeah yeah And then, so just like an empty online game where people don't play anymore, there's a lot of bots and NPCs. So not everybody running around is actually a human being jacked in. Right. There's, there's bots, which they use later at the end of the movie. (laughs) Lame.
0: (laughs) Yeah. There's a lot of interesting concepts that I thought were really cool.
2: Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So not all of it was bad. It was, it was very interesting seeing all of that happen and all of the cool new ideas, some fresh takes.
1: Uh, So what the extract Neo. Yeah. Mm hmm. And then as soon as he's extracted out, he meets the Neo fan club. Yeah. Everybody.
0: His body was deep in like Machine City. Yeah. And it took a lot of like doing to to
1: get them out. It was a whole project to uh, extract him. It wasn't just a... Hey, let's just go to one of the pods and yank this guy.
0: Right, not not like the original. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, he wasn't just a nobody in the original. Uh huh. Um, this one, even the because he's in a special potted area that only him and Trinity are together. The Resurrection Pods. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> And you
0: don't. I mean, it's obviously alluded to that it's Trinity across from him, but it's not like confirmed until later.
1: Oh yeah, at this moment it's not. Right.
0: It. It's. He thinks it's Trinity. It kind of looks like Trinity, and then you find out later. Yeah, that that definitely was Trinity. <laughs> <laughs> On the nose. <laughs> so meta. Uh huh. But yeah, he he meets his his fan club.
1: <laughs> There's literally a guy named Berg B E R G. Uh huh
0: their resident Neologist.
1: That is so annoying. (laughs) I, I wanted to break my TV when I saw that I was like, so obnoxious.
0: It kind of makes sense that they would have somebody looking into Neo's past and all of the facts about him and stuff, because this is 60 years in the future. Mm -hmm. Like it's not just yesterday. It's not just a couple years down the road when this is supposed to have happened. Yeah. after he went to go sacrifice himself and, and fix the matrix and all that. And ended the war. Ended the war. Yeah. It's mm. 60 years in the future. So there's a whole new generation of people that are fighting against the Matrix and the machines.
1: Yeah. Well, it's weird. There's a new generation of people that are fighting against Matrix, but there's not an actual war going on.
0: No, it's more of a behind the scenes kind of thing.
1: Yeah, there's still this like internal struggle, but something that I did like in my notes is the new city of IO, mm-hmm. which is, um, <clears throat> it's pronounced IO like it's a word, mm-hmm. but actually IO means input output. So, I didn't catch that. That's good. In computers, when you um, are putting a motherboard together and plugging stuff in, there's input and output sources. So, when you're searching your computer and your hard drive, mm-hmm. outputs where the stuff's going, inputs with information to feedback. Right. So, that's uh, pretty cool. I-, I liked IO. IO was incredible. It acknowledges a couple interesting things. Machines and hu- there's machines that have seen the war, and because they're sentient, they actually side with the humans. They come to help the humans, right? This time around. So not all machines are bad.
0: Which that was really cool too. Super cool. It was part of getting Neo out. Was there were a couple of machines that helped them?
1: Yeah. So that have left the machine side of the war. Mm-hmm. Io. Uh, we see Niobe again. Neo yes. meets Niobe. That was really cool.
0: And it's played by the same actress, Jada Pinkett Smith.
1: Niobe's in charge of. She's the general. Yeah. Yeah. X, which was Zion in the first movie, is now Io. Yeah. And it's it's thriving. Yeah. It's really thriving. They have strawberries, dude. It's essentially like what Zion could have
0: been, had you know, give them sixty years and a more of a utopian like end of the world, yeah, post apocalyptic. They're they're thriving. They're they're creating things that yeah, the whole strawberries thing. Like they're growing gardens and they're figuring out how
1: to um, make life better post matrix and the machines are helping them like come up with new ways of surviving and living right and I, I like that utopia image i also like that niobe says that she had to let go of the the hate and the fear that the old leaders had mm-hmm. of zion and you can feel that the old leaders of zion were like oh it's us it's, it's either us or them that right us or them mentality mm-hmm. i absolutely hate that like we have to understand what's going on to fix things yeah and niobe being that bridge of that it was it was amazing to see IO. The The reveal of IO, I was like, oh man, this is some cool shit. Mm-hmm. I just like that the the machines and people were working together. Yeah,
0: that was a very cool concept and one that was unexpected. And that kind of was alluded to with the whole Morpheus thing, mm. but then definitely expanded on once they actually got to IO and saw all of the new new features and changes and stuff since Neo had been away.
1: They gave us one thing that was not explored well, but was super interesting that I feel like I'd, I'd watch in a miniseries. The machines, after freeing, because the original Matrix where they freed, people wanted to be free, could be free. Right. Some chose to stay, but a lot chose to leave. It left the machines at an energy deficiency. Yeah. So it caused an actual internal war, machines versus machines, to fight over a scarcity of power. A civil war among the machines. That's that's some that's some epic stuff. Yeah. That's... I. Uh, that's the stuff that i'm looking for that's Mm -hmm. the stuff that you make me go oh i didn't think about that dynamic it would be cool to see what
0: happened between in in those 60 years yeah
1: yeah Mm -hmm. but we that we we just that was just there to kind of like oh hey by the way this happened yeah and then quickly we moved on (laughs) which i feel like that's pretty freaking critical to what's going on around you right so anyway
0: so yeah anyway the um Io is introduced and we meet Niobe again. And then, obviously, just like within the first Mm -hmm. or the the trilogy, there's differing opinions on whether or not Neo is actually out there. And Bugs had been trying to look for him, and Mm -hmm. she snagged an opportunity to get him out against orders.
1: This was a controversial situation.
0: Right. So she wound up getting demoted. (laughs) <laughs> lost her ship lost, unceremoniously dude. lost her captain status and neo gets locked up you know after hearing all of the niobe takes him on a tour and all that and kind of shares with him the history of what happened and like we talked about the whole war within the machines and all that i thought it was interesting i, I wonder if this was the plan all along but the whole morpheus thing mm-hmm. like he he made it through the war and all that and um he afterwards was elected grand chancellor mm-hmm. or. Grand councilman, high high councilman. He, he was
1: given a high position. Yeah. yeah.
0: He was like the leader, which everybody loved that and he loved that and it was great. But he, just like with the the previous leaders, you know, mm-hmm. he still was holding on to that prejudice against the machines and he believed that, you know, what Neo had done could mm-hmm. not be undone and he didn't see the coming changes with the upgrades in the matrix and the machines evolving and all that. So when Niobe took over, that's when Io happened. And she kind of explained all that and then locked him up. Sorry, but we need to figure out what to do with you.
1: Here's everything you missed. You're well loved. Uh, Thank you so much for providing what we got going on here. I'm putting you in jail.
0: (laughs) Because I never believed in the one.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, There's a funny thing for people who didn't know morpheus it's canon after the matrix series came out and kind of ended there was a matrix online pc game and it was like every it was a connected online game kind of like world of warcraft oh did neo make the game he did not oh they just kept referring to neo the whole time
0: oh man
1: Yeah, (laughs) bummer. Oh, so So this whole thing
0: wasn't real.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's called like the Matrix Online, and it was just like World of Warcraft in a weird way.
0: Yeah, I never played it, but I remember hearing about it.
1: I never played it either. I saw some screenshots, and I was like, "Oh, I should get into it." And then I didn't have a PC strong enough. Yeah, but nowadays, like your average like Windows laptop can run it. (laughs) But it's uh, it's been offline for like many years now. Yeah. But it's canon. Morpheus dies in the Matrix Online game. The only way to know that, though, is to play the freaking game. <laughs> but he's killed by a, a AI program called the Assassin. Oh. So at some point, and it's it's supposed to be canon. So at some point, Morpheus jacked back into the Matrix to do some shit, uh-huh. and then was unceremoniously killed. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: Sorry, Lawrence Fishburne. <laughs> Which I, I love. I love the Morpheus character. Right. So. That was sad news to know.
0: Yeah, I didn't, I didn't know that. But even like when I was looking up the trivia stuff on IMDb, mm-hmm. um, it's mentioned Lawrence Fishbowl. Fishbowl. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> Oops, I'm not
1: editing that out. I'm keeping that. Lawrence Fishbowl. Lawrence Fishburne. <sighs> could you imagine? Oh, real quick, could you imagine a Spider-Man series where he plays Mysterio? And then, like Miles Morales calls him Lawrence Fishbowl. That that would be gold. That's I want that now. I want a Lawrence oh my Fishbowl uh, Mysterio. <laughs> oh
0: wow! Yeah, that
1: uh... move over Jake Gyllenhaal. As I've learned recently, that I have to dislike Jake Gyllenhaal.
0: <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs>
1: Thank you, Jacqueline and Becca, for opening my eyes on what a scumbag Jake Gyllenhaal is. Oh, man. Although I personally am still not sure of what he's done. But
0: Yeah, story for another time. <laughs> um, so Lawrence Fishburne, he, told, he, he was interviewed by Collider Movie News, and they asked him why he wasn't in this upcoming Matrix movie. Mm-hmm. And he told them that someone would have to ask Lana Wachowski because he didn't have an answer for that. So I wonder if it's just, like, I didn't know about the whole Matrix game thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, I knew of the game, but I didn't know that his character canonically was killed. killed. off. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe he wasn't aware of that, or maybe it just is a lesser
1: known thing. I feel like it's a lesser known thing because it it was an okay game. It wasn't a revolutionary game that everyone looks back to. Like World of Warcraft. If you say World of Warcraft, even if people don't play PC games, kinda oh yeah, that game. Yeah. The Matrix Online was not a game that you say that people were like, Oh my god, I Like, I love that game.
0: Right. So it's creative how they didn't recast his character, but like created a new character and Mm -hmm. gave him the title. Yeah. But another interesting piece of trivia Mm. while we're in that wheelhouse, Hugo Weaving, you mentioned, like we were talking a little bit earlier and you mentioned he would have been great to have back, like actually have back Mm. instead of having his character recast. Yeah. He actually was supposed to be in the movie. Oh, but he had to turn it down because he had scheduling conflicts with uh, other projects that he was working on. Mm. So Hugo Weaving was originally going to come back as Smith, but then Jonathan Jonathan Groff got it because okay. Hugo Weaving had to turn it down.
1: Oh well, that that kind of plays on my opinion that I, I I think Jonathan Groff is a very talented young man.
0: I think he's my favorite actor in this movie. Oh really? Yeah, like obviously Neo is the one. He's right. the Neo, you know. But I think out of the all of the new characters, yeah, I think Jonathan Groff was my favorite.
1: I only bugs uh, Jessica Henwick's character is my new favorite character. <laughs> I don't. And, and let's be frank here. I you know me. Yeah. I I suckle at the teat of the Church of Keanu Reeves. Like I love Keanu Reeves. I love everything that he is. <laughs> Everything that he's meant to be and everything that he is to me. He is a cherished part of my heart. The same place where Jack Black's Nacho from Nacho Libre. Uh Also, they both live in the same condo in my heart. (laughs) Keanu Reeves and Jack Black just making fucking ramen in their underwear. I don't know. Whatever. (laughs) But I did not care for Neo in this movie. Okay. And, And it's not Keanu Reeves' fault. Yeah. I think the peak moment of Keanu Reeves in this movie for me, and I will forever emblazon this in the back of my mind, my favorite shot of Keanu Reeves in this movie is him sitting in his bathtub and there's a rubber duck on his head. <laughs> that is the most beautifully shot scene in this movie that relates to Keanu Reeves. I did like that. That Just, is that is me. That is that is me. That is how I feel a lot of my days.
0: When when you're sitting <laughs> sitting in your tub bathing wondering what is the meaning of life is this even real am i just in some simulation let's put a rubber duck on my head just because life's pointless yep
1: yep that's it that's me and i don't even take baths i just shower I literally have not sat in a bathtub submerged in water in 30 years.
0: I'll have to try that because I would imagine the difficulty is a little bit upped when you're showering and trying to balance a rubber duck on your head. Yeah. (laughs) I
1: guess he he, metaphorically that represents me inside. That's funny. (laughs) Uh, Okay. So they're in IO. Yep uh neo is has been locked up imprisoned yep. um which at first i was like god what is Niobe's problem like uh-huh. this is the one but as the movie ends i kind of get where Niobe's coming from because mm-hmm. shit's kind of going okay yeah things are not we're not in this fight for survival they don't really need yeah they there's not a war
0: happening they don't need the one they don't mm-hmm. need a savior they don't need um this grand solution But Neo's not in it for any of those big grand things. He just wants to go
1: get Trinity. Got to get your girl.
0: Mm -hmm. So Bugs steals her shit back and busts him out.
1: (laughs) And it's (laughs) luckily that Morpheus is now like an AI program, which explained how the AI can live in our world right? by like nanomachines or this. Like
0: magnetic beads that are like AI controlled and they form this shape of a human. Yeah
1: which you say magnetic beads i like that because imagine driving a taxi around with one of those bead um uh things like you know like Like the bamboo beads like the seat cover yeah the the ones that like kind of like help relax your back but actually hurt like hell sure imagine just driving a taxi around all day but then your ai friend just is the beads and talks to you all day (laughs) that would be a fun job for at least four months
0: oh my gosh if you
1: ever become a taxi driver i will be your beads And I say that whether you like it or not. So that's more of a threat than like a friendly gesture.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, that works. Anyways. (laughs) Note to self, don't get a taxi. (laughs) (laughs) Don't get a job driving a taxi. (sighs) So they get busted out. They go back up and broadcast back into the Matrix to try and find Trinity and try to convince her. Just like Neo was convinced all those years ago that she is in a simulation and she needs to unplug, hmm. and that kind of uh, initiates the final act of the movie and the um, the the conflict resolution.
1: Hmm. Um, Agent Smith is brought back to yep. His business partner Smith is Agent Smith, but in a new look, right? Right. Which is your actor uh... Jonathan Groff. There you go. Yeah. Which you really love? You really enjoyed this? You so is it just the performance or The
0: performance, the the fresh take on the character. Mm. I'm a I'm a Jonathan Groff fan anyway. Okay, so there's um, some
1: like personal joy of seeing it. Okay. Yeah,
0: I thought it was cool. Yeah. I I really liked him in Hamilton. Um, oh, okay. Yeah,
1: he was very good <laughs>
0: as it. King George, yeah. Yeah. Um
1: hilarious as King George.
0: Also, he's the voice of Kristoff
1: from uh, Frozen. Oh, no way? Yeah. He's he's Kristoff? Yeah. Oh my gosh! Uh-huh. Okay, yeah. I, I now I understand why I like him, but and then I hate him in this movie. <laughs> but it's it's just because I'm so. And you know what? Maybe it's because I'm stuck in my ways. The Agent Smith needs to be this robot of doom, mm-hmm. and he's not. He's very. He's a very lively, friendly guy. A little more charismatic. Yeah, I I wouldn't join QAnon for him, but I mean, he would convince me of a lot of things.
0: Well, and I have a, an idea of that. So you mentioned like. Neil Patrick Harris was too, too expressive. Mm-hmm. And now you're saying Jonathan Groff is a little too enthusiastic and mm-hmm. too charismatic. The matrix has evolved. Yeah. They're not just robots anymore. They're not like in this linear programming. They've, I, I think that's part of it. I think they wanted somebody more expressive because it's not, oh, purposely? it's not the past. Yeah. It's a new version of the matrix. Okay. So maybe that was part of it.
1: And this is all the analyst is doing as right. we learn. Mm-hmm. He's the one that makes the call shots on who's what. Right. Yeah, I, I could buy that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that's, that's a very, that's, that's uh, the path logic of that makes sense. I, I can see that. Yeah. All I right. still think so machines don't really have a reason to make the matrix better. Well, no, but yeah. it did explain why that they did it this way. Right. Here yeah. soon.
0: That's, that's my theory anyway. I like it. And then they, so they go back into the matrix. They mm. uh, get dropped into this abandoned warehouse trying to get close to where Trinity <laughs> is. And then shows up the Merovingian. <laughs> The exiles from the previous iteration of the Matrix.
1: Yeah, Matrix Reloaded. So during the big wipe or the big rebuilding of the Matrix, these guys somehow survived. They lived in between the power cable from the PC to the wall plug. They just Mm -hmm. hidden there. A la uh, Ralph Breaks the Internet style. (laughs) The Way way Station. They're in the the Surge power strip. Surge protector. Yeah, they're they're in the Surge protector. (laughs) They didn't fully die, but they also left the Matrix during the reboot. Right. But they come back in. I literally, up until today, I was like, the Merovingian's appearance is completely trash and absolutely pointless. But sitting here playing that scene again and talking to you and we're in the room, I realized the significance of the Merovingian this matrix movie was supposed to like be good and be awesome Mm -hmm. the mary vingen appearing and then just talk shit talking the whole time and directing things and saying what things shouldn't be and being very meta the mary vingen is warner brothers he's
0: the embodiment of warner brothers
1: (laughs) just being annoying and showing up
0: he is how lana Wachowski sees warner brothers (laughs) (laughs)
1: And the 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 exiles, the uh-huh. old programs with their ancient weapons, mm-hmm. those are Warner Brothers' henchmen, very outdated <laughs> but still brutal and mean and efficient. Mm-hmm. So now I, <laughs> because of this, I like the Merida <laughs> avenger
0: I thought it was interesting having him back when really only a couple of core characters had returned. Yeah. But yeah, I thought that was interesting.
1: (laughs) Left field. I I hated seeing him Mm -hmm. the first time I watched it.
0: I was confused. It was like, oh, okay, I I guess they managed to cross over somehow into this new version of The Matrix. Yeah. (laughs) All right. (laughs)
1: Yeah, like you'll accept it, but it wasn't exactly like, it just... You could have done this whole thing without him. Right. But I think him popping up and interrupting our movie was the point. Yes. Again, Lana winking at the audience.
0: Self-aware, very uh, knowing what she was doing. Oh, so exhausting.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll save my favorite line from the Merovingian <laughs> for the end of the episode. <laughs> Some uh, quotable quotes. Very quotable <laughs> quotes. I will say that... Um, his line of we had grace, we had style, we had conversation, not nye, 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 mocking Mimicking texting. Yes. Yeah. He's he's <laughs> upset that the world has gone to texting. Uh-huh. That's fun. And and I quote, You gave us face Zucker Suck. I have a huge <laughs> hatred of Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook as an entity in its own. It's caused so much problems for us as a society. Mm. That was a very uh Soothing line to hear. <laughs> Face Zucker suck mm-hmm. is what I will forever refer to Mark Zuckerberg as from now on.
0: We had grace. We had
1: conversation. <laughs> 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 See? He's so bad, he's good. Uh, he's so terrible that he, his existence is It good. was
0: an intentional addition. Yeah. Yeah. Or at least it's being interpreted that way.
1: I mean, I sure as hell <laughs> wouldn't think it wouldn't not be because it'd be weird to be filming this scene. And then the actor just shows up and he's like, by the way, Hey, I also love his escape of the scene. He just turns around and walks out. Right. (laughs) He doesn't evaporate.
0: All his henchmen have been defeated. Just Mm -hmm. bye guys. (laughs) No
1: smoke bombs, no fancy digital, like fading out or zipping away. He just turns around and exits the stage. Perfect. Oh boy. Big fight scene, uh, Smith beats the shit out of Neo, uh-huh. uh, but then Neo, which is, this annoys the hell out of me too, Neo constantly, like he has none of his skills from before. They explain this, but it's just really boring to watch the fight scenes with Neo.
0: It's like he has, it. okay, so it, when you move from- an old game into a new game, and it's supposed to be a continuation. And my specific example here is Destiny, mm. from Destiny 1 to Destiny 2. Mm-hmm. You, you're you the same character. You ported in your character, but you've got new abilities that you're supposed to unlock. It's like he's starting over with a new skill tree. Yeah. So he had all of his previous abilities. He could fly, he could bend the Matrix to his will, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And in this movie, it's like he has started a new campaign yeah and his skill tree is set back to zero and all he can do is stop bullets mm-hmm. and create these force fields to push enemies away yeah like, I, that's, that's, that's so the good only two things he can do now <laughs> <laughs> what's the where's the rest of your powers
1: <laughs> I you nailed it on the head i didn't even think about it like that but yeah i guess you you literally describe my secret frustration that i didn't know how to put into words. yeah Cause I'm like, you were the biggest badass mf'er at the end of that movie. You He's gave the yourself. One. You, you, that's your whole. You were built. You were designed to be so good. <sighs> and now all you can do is suck down a latte at Simulaté <laughs> and be fucking pathetic. Like, go.
0: I mean, he still had some good qualities and. Mm. The parts where he was able to defend himself using his abilities, that's all great. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, there wasn't a lot of variety beyond that. Like, he he couldn't fly anymore. Yeah, He had his bullet time, you know, like dodging bullets and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it just wasn't, there wasn't a lot of variety or even carry over from his previous experience in the Matrix
1: before. And so. Smith beating him up is like a repeat. The, the rapid punching left uh-huh. and right is a reshot of Morpheus getting the hell beat out of him inside a... Uh, broken down, you know, building mm-hmm. kind of feel to it too. So again, like another meta thing. So I'm watching the first Matrix again in a weird, different way. Right. Which annoyed me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So Smith beats up Neo, but then then, then they cut a deal. Mm-hmm. Which is, then it just gets it weirder and weirder. He's like, okay, uh, I'm going to help you now. We're going to cooperate. Like, I'm going to help you get to the analyst in, in a weird way. Like, he he's willing to cooperate with Neo, not be against him. Right. But first, he, literally eight minutes ago, during Merovingian. Trying to kill him. Yeah. yeah. It's like, for us to survive, you need to die. Mm-hmm. Which I don't really understand. They, they've been surviving just fine so far.
0: Right. Like, I don't want you really. I I, I just want the analyst. I want to be free. I don't mm-hmm. want to be put back in the Matrix. Yeah. So, yeah, they, it, it wasn't even really well explained. It, mm-hmm. He just kind of, like, gave up and was like, I'll be back.
1: <laughs> <laughs> pulled, the, pulled the Terminator. <laughs> I'll be back. <laughs> and then walked off stage. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so they rescue Neo. Mm-hmm. They get back out. Back out? No, they no, stay they, in. Yeah, they stay, they stay in, in.
0: And right. to the dismay of Bugs, she's like, you still want to go talk to Trinity after what we just went through? We
1: almost fucking died. <laughs> and even some of the crew members were like, uh, BT dubs. This guy was responsible for the death of everybody on his previous crew. <laughs> Which you tell me that shit. I'm going to be. I don't care if it's Jesus, like if it's baby Jesus. And then someone's like, hey, by the way, the baby Jesus guy at the end of all this uh, last time. Everybody died, and then they hung him on a cross. I'd be like, ooh, man, I I feel for the man, but I don't know if I want to do that. <laughs> Hard sell. Yeah. <laughs> do you like that analogy? Uh, it's <laughs> I always like it. My favorite thing about using Jesus' analogy, because you were much smarter than me in that category and well-versed. Uh-huh. You were a youth pastor. So I know that by using very basic understandings of Jesus, it's so awesome to me.
0: It's very irreverent, but you're not wrong, is the thing.
1: <laughs> I, I always want one of these days where like it's a tipping point for you, where you're like, you say baby Jesus one more time, I'm going to come across this table and beat the shit out of me.
2: <laughs>
1: me and my hedonistic lifestyle.
0: Yeah, you heathen. <laughs> So anyway, um, yeah, they they go find Trinity, and that's when, after he talks to her and tries to, at first, he's trying to explain, hey, so this isn't real, mm-hmm. and he barely gets the conversation started, and then the analyst shows up.
1: Neil Patrick Harris!
0: And does his villain monologue and tells him all about what his real plan was and <sighs> where he really is, and yeah. the whole history of how him and Trinity were put back into the Matrix. Mm-hmm which I will say answered a lot of questions from the beginning. Mm -hmm. It did kind of help explain what was really going on and what the motives were and all that. So it was a good scene and I did get answer questions answered and stuff. It was just kind of, kind of like you were saying before, like, it didn't really convince me that he was this big bad villain. Yeah. Like he was just like explaining that, you know, he's just in it for productivity and he if you if you dangle a carrot and but you're poking and prodding the whole way, you know, productivity is is upped by so many percentages. Yeah. Um and the people enjoy it. You know, all the people who stayed in the Matrix, they wanted it because they want it. Yeah. Like they didn't want to be unplugged. They don't want the choice. They just want to stay in the illusion
1: and they need something to draw like a purpose Mm -hmm. like without a purpose we're just kind of like floating along right and neo's purpose is to constantly reconnect with trinity Mm -hmm. and that's what like really like neo and trinity are some of the biggest power sources for the machine so i can see their value right but to put them literally next to each other yeah in the real world and then figuratively constantly trying to connect with each other and then they explained that Neo's code, Neo being the big bad chosen one in the first three movies, mm-hmm. actually wouldn't have existed without Trinity's code. Like their code combined is actually what makes the powers work.
0: Like a symbiotic relationship kind
1: of. Yeah. And obviously later on, um, can I just say what Trinity is able to do? Yeah. Trinity is able to fly. <laughs> Neo never gets that ability back, but Trinity's able to fly, which turns her into this like kind of like she's the meta badass of this movie, not Neo.
0: She kind of becomes the one for this version of the Matrix.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and and here's the thing. I am for that. I am for you telling me that you're going to give me a reboot of a series and then just totally sweep me out. Mm-hmm. And somebody else is the the star. This movie still sucked at it. (laughs) And I will say why, because there's one movie that represents that in its pure existence and does it so well that it's beloved. Mad Max Fury Road. (laughs) You thought you're going to watch Max, Uh the whole movie. You're not. Charlize Theron's character is actually the driving force. Right. And it is executed so powerful that I'm happy that Max is taking actually second fiddle.
0: Right. It's not actually Max's movie. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. Max is
1: actually in very not much scenes.
0: More, more of a supporting character. <laughs> yeah.
1: Max is there to hand Charlie Stair on water. Uh huh. That's it. The uh, Furiosa, that was done well. Yeah. And I was okay with the amount of screen time that Tom Hardy and I love me some Tom Hardy. Uh huh. But yet this one, it's like Neo got screen time for the whole movie. Trinity then got some of her screen time, and then she turns out to be, the one. <sighs> long <laughs> exasperated sigh
0: i thought that was good though it was, it was fresh and it was cool seeing her get recognized that way mm-hmm. and kind of turn into neo's equal
1: yeah yeah uh so before the reveal of that the it goes back to that scene where we're talking about where neil patrick harris uh oh yeah that that's at the very end His his bad guy powers yeah so at this moment he gives his bad guy exposition dump he's like blah 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 this is why what's everything going on blah mm-hmm. blah uh, and then it, they they foster a deal with themselves, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm not going to rip Trinity out of this from you, but let's do this fair and square. You have to give me a chance to give her the choice, and let's let her pick.
0: Right after another conflict that that's a little bit Ooh, later. I, on. I miss a conflict. Well, they go <clears throat> they go back to IO. There's another sequence in there, but yes, the the analyst he's trying to tell Neo like I have to have you back. Mm. because Trinity doesn't work without you and you don't work without Trinity. Oh, you can't or just have that's right. one or the other. And I'm, if you don't come back, I'm I'll just kill gonna, her. I'm just going to kill her. And they're not able to get her out because he's created this problem. So they withdraw and retreat. Okay. That, that's Yeah, That they withdraw. They're trying to talk out their options. And that's when they go back to Io to okay. kind of figure out what to do. And, oh. And Niobe had figured out that they left. So yeah, yeah. she sent somebody else to collect them, bring them back and all that. And that's when Seti... Yes. Shows up.
1: Yep. She's the child from the end of the, or the beginning of the third matrix.
0: Right. When he's stuck in the train station.
1: Yeah. And her father is a program. She's a, she's the child. She is also a program. Right.
0: And her father, the program, I don't remember his name, but he is the one that designed the resurrection chambers Mm. for, or resurrection pods for the analyst. Okay. And when he figures out what what he's doing and what these are for, Mm -hmm. he knows that neo's a good guy and he is on he's one of the machines that is kind of on the human side hmm. he covertly sends the designs these plans up for the resurrection pods to his daughter hmm. seti and that's when she shows up to the council and Niobe and all that and they meet up and she says okay here's how we get trinity out okay i knew about this the whole time i couldn't get in the way of your progress, but I also needed to bide my time and wait for this grand solution to happen when you finally found Neo. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and she gives the whole plan for how to rescue Trinity.
1: Yeah. I forgot she was the, one of the major crux uh, and, and plot motivators mm-hmm. to the end of this movie. Uh, yeah, man, good. That's a major thing for me to miss. Right.
0: <laughs> Not really. What, what's the opposite of a plot hole where it's just like quickly filled,
1: uh, a uh, a uh, uh, a plot uh, cement truck
0: a plot plug
1: mm, Ooh, yeah plug mm, i don't know that could be the context could no, be, sound awkward no <laughs> anyway let me plug this plot <laughs> um
0: <laughs> anyway
1: a plot pivoting point a, a pivot
0: what i meant to say was it seemed like a really easy solution that had not a lot of oh, like established la- backstory laziness yeah again kind of um, this
1: is actually literally deus ex machina, yeah, a a literal machine inside the thing to to move the story. She literally is a machine that shows up and is like,
0: OK. Here. Oh, like you were saying from the beginning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. OK. So anyway, yeah, she provides a sol- solution out of nowhere that she's just been sitting on waiting for the right time.
1: Which is very annoying. Yeah. <laughs> and I love the actress and I, I love her existence and a, kind of a callback to the other movie. Mm hmm. But you're right. It's it's kind of like, well, you could have sent this in a text.
0: Or, you know, years ago. <laughs> yeah,
1: this could have been an email. Like, why now when shit's about to go down?
0: There's been people who've been wondering where Neo's been this whole time for the last 60 years.
1: You, we could have like not had this Neo club if you just would have told us some of this info. Yeah, she w- and then she's been in the Matrix, but I don't know, it alludes, it, go, it gives you the flashbacks of like her interacting with Neo, in, which we've seen earlier in the movie. Right. But I couldn't tell because, I don't know what she was. Does she run a coffee shop? or was she in a massage place she wasn't in her his game company was she
0: she was part of the, yeah, she was covertly part of the crew that was helping design the game.
1: Oh, so she, okay. So she's inside. She's um, part of that team, Deus but Machina. she never really introduced herself. Okay. I thought she was literally like, uh, like the attendant at a coffee place. Cause it looks like he was ordering something and she put like a book down or something.
0: Yeah. She was there drinking coffee with him, Oh, but she was reading Alice in Wonderland. She had a book with her.
1: Okay. So she's a part of the crew. Okay. Yeah oh okay that makes sense a a part of the game design crew inside the matrix yes not bugs's crew
0: right so she was kind of like watching over him
1: yeah sort of all this time right mm -hmm. for this eventually to happen this is a very a a set of scenarios that are very very i don't know slim Mm -hmm. to to happen
0: right um so yeah, anyway, she provides everyone with this plan mm-hmm. and then they go and initiate the plan and it's kind of like a like Mission Impossible esque man behind the curtain kind of thing because mm. they're in the matrix and Neo is making his deal with the analyst. Mm-hmm. That's when he tells him, Okay, I'm not just gonna give up. I have to try and talk to Trinity. Okay. And the analyst is like, Well, why should I let you do that? And that's when it's revealed, okay. I think that she doesn't want to be here, but if she does, Mm -hmm. you can have me back. Yeah. So let me try to talk to her. And here's our deal. If you let me talk to her and she decides if she likes it here, if she doesn't realize that she's in the matrix, Mm -hmm. I'll stay, I'll come back. You can have us both. But if she wants out, We both leave.
1: Yeah. And And if you don't, like he had a power play. If you don't, I'll just get unplugged here and die. Right. And you won't have your other half of your equation. Mm -hmm. So it it was a motivating factor for the analyst to agree to the deal.
0: Right, Mm -hmm. And behind the scenes, they have managed to snuck in. Bugs and Seti Morpheus have snuck into the tower Mm. that's holding the resurrection pods, and they're prepping to switch. Trinity out of the pod yeah. and plug her into their local network to kind of save her from, from that fate. Yeah.
1: There. So, so the analyst thinks that this is a fair deal between Neo mm-hmm. and him, but secretly they're already subverting this plan by trying to steal Trinity physically. Yeah. Yeah. And sidejacking in because she's like, she's still hooked to the Matrix, but then someone has to be a replacement.
0: Transferring her consciousness into their ship.
1: Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so they proceed with the plan, Mm -hmm. and it goes fine. Not really. Uh, well, kind of. Butterflies and rainbows. Yeah. <laughs> Butterf- literal butterflies and rainbows. Uh, no. So they go They go to the plan. It's like Trinity earlier in the movie was saying that she had these visions mm-hmm. of Neo being surrounded by police. Had the dreams. Yeah. Yeah. So this is like the final showdown. She comes to.
0: She says, this is what I saw
1: in my dream. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. They're not in the simulaté, right? Yeah. Oh, they are. No, in they the are. And okay. they're
0: surrounded by police and the analyst is there and Neo almost has her convinced but then the analyst must have triggered something because her husband and kids shows
1: up. Fucking Chad, I tell you.
0: Uh-huh. And he's got her figured out. So she starts to leave with them. Mm-hmm. And just when she starts to hesitate, that's when he takes it too far. And Chad is like, it's time to go. Mm. Grabs her by the wrist and all that. And that's when she wakes up and realizes, oh, you're not my husband. I'm Trinity. All right. <laughs> Let me go. <laughs> A convenient plot uh, point here. Uh-huh. And- the analyst even like admits to that. He's like, all right, yeah, I took it a step too far. I shouldn't have grabbed her like that. <laughs> that was my bad. <laughs>
1: Whoopsie-daisy. <laughs> even machines can be wrong. Or no, a, a broken clock's right two times in a day. Yeah. But it's wrong for the rest of the time. <laughs> Way to go, Neil Patrick Harris. <laughs> right.
0: So then the fight breaks out, and they're trying to keep Neo and Trinity separated. Because as soon as they get to each other, that's when all hell breaks loose, and they have no chance at containing them. Yeah. Um, and Smith shows up, and... Uh, Smith is a wild card, isn't he? Right. Yeah. yeah. Smith shows up and he starts fighting with the analyst, and that's when he triggers the analyst triggers the lockdown mm. and all of the bots activate.
1: Yeah, and then it's a motorcycle uh, chase scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trinity's running on the bike, and Neo's on the back using his Lamo shield. shield powers, <laughs> <laughs> his retire repowers <laughs> to deflect all modern things. His
0: base stats at, on the new skill tree. <laughs> <laughs>
1: We're on our way to unlock the first chapter of the story for Neo but mm-hmm. um the, the the whole bots thing I found really upsetting. Yeah. And it's because movies do this and even Marvel to an extent. They always have like kind of like a mindless throwaway. Uh the fight where was it Civil War? Was it before Endgame? Infinity War? Yeah, in an Infinity War where they're all fighting and it's like these just massive mobs of faceless like monsters like are
0: you talking about Age of Ultron? Like all the copies of Ultron?
1: Well, Age of Ultron is also guilty, but it's oh. it's any movie that has not like, the main bad guy has so many faceless enemies, like cannon fodder.
0: Are you talking about the Chitari from the first yes, Avengers?
1: Yes, yes, the Chitari. Yes, there you go. Like just,
0: I'm just providing examples from
1: each movie. Just,
0: what's this thing that Marvel keeps doing? Yeah.
1: <laughs> As you name them all off. Yeah. <laughs> To prove my point, <laughs> it, it's kind of a small band aid, but it's like yeah, Marvel does it. It's a little sin, yeah. but they still, I still love it. Like I still, I love what Marvel overall gives me. Right. But Warner Brothers did it with su- the first Suicide Squad mm-hmm. towards the the final, the the close out, the third chapter in the movie. Right. They're fighting just fa- literal faceless, pointless zombie monsters. They're just there to slow the characters down. Right. And so in this movie, it's the bots. They're just, they're not even real people. So there's no risk. Yeah. There's no like, oh my God, these are real people dying in the matrix.
0: It's empty. It feels kind of baseless. Yeah. I I agree with what you're saying.
1: Yeah. They're just there. They're falling out of, they're committing digital suicide, Mm -hmm. but they're just, they don't even have sentient thoughts. They're just, they exist to make the world seem lively, I guess.
0: They're just obstacles at this point.
1: Yeah. To slow down, to give our heroes these awesome action set pieces Mm -hmm. that don't, and especially at the end of this movie, we don't mount to much, I think, but <laughs> so yeah, they do the chase. They end up getting funneled all the way up to the top of a building. Yeah. They make it through the city.
0: They, they are at the top of the skyscraper and that's when the helicopters are there. Neo's able to deflect the bullets and deflect the missiles that they're shooting at him and all that. And then they go to jump off the building, like try to leap from building to building. Yeah. And that's when Trinity's powers <laughs> <laughs> Bloop!
1: achievement, unlocked Trinity <laughs> flies, <laughs> Yeah. So Neo is hanging onto Trinity's uh hand.
0: I'm not doing this. Are you doing this?
1: Yeah. Like 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 a useless little bitch. Like this is this is our Jesus figure. I mean, he literally, there was a, there was a glowing cross when he sacrificed himself. Mm-hmm. Like in the end of the first movie. Like he's got to be able to do at least something besides sit there and suck down a latte, mm-hmm. a fake one at that. But he now he's dangling and Trinity's flying and and I have nothing against Trinity flying or having powers. Mm-hmm. It's just like Neo is such a loser for the whole movie.
0: It was very anticlimactic. Yeah,
1: yeah. I didn't, I didn't see this coming, and what I was given was way out of left field. Right. They're just floating in the air, and then finally she obviously escapes, and that that's like that resolves that, right?
0: Right. They make it out of the matrix. They get to reunite in the ship. Yeah. After all this time. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. there, there's there's a classic '80s love song that could be played right here. <laughs> Play it on your own on your own <laughs> playlist. Right. <laughs> Um, yeah, we don't have the budget for that. <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> Not until we Warner Brothers shit out of our show.
0: But then the conclusion of the movie is they jack back in and like bust into the analyst's house, knock down some walls and-
1: Torture him a little too.
0: Beat him around, yeah. <laughs> all the while telling him, all right, we're back in charge. Mm-hmm. And- obviously you're still here. They haven't shut you down. So we're going to make some changes yeah. and you're not going to do anything about it. And yeah, they just beat him up and say, we're going to paint the sky with rainbows and, and stars and literally. Yeah. <laughs> and they actually, at this point, Neo does have his flight back because they're, they both fly out.
1: Yeah. Because Trinity activates his powers too, something like that. I don't know. So, it,
0: it's not really explained, but somewhere between that, end of the fight and them going back in to confront the analyst and tell him what they're going to do. Then he gets his flight back. Yeah. So,
1: and then literally the movie ends right there. Right.
0: Well, before we move on, yes, let's rate the story.
1: Oh yeah. Okay. We're in the story section, the
0: storytelling, the story time, the plot of the movie. How would you rate that (laughs) on our one to 10 scale?
1: I give it a three out of 10, a three. All right.
0: I, and do, do you want to talk about that a little bit or do we want to talk about individual scores there once we're, once we're done?
1: I, I think I'll, I'll sum it up in the, uh, well, no, I guess, I guess it's fair to talk about cause we're in that this, this category, right? Yeah. Um, the story had so much potential. The first, this movie's like two hours and 47 minutes. The first hour I literally like pulled the time slot on my computer and looked literally when you hit the one hour mark that's probably the highest points of the, the the move like not not the one hour mark but like the first hour of the movie is really strong yeah it gave me a a a, a taste of nostalgia but then it started introducing new things which is what I as a viewer want mm-hmm. Let, let's take this train to a wild new place new frontiers we can watch an old movie anytime we want right I'm ready for change I'm given that I'm given all these cool characters like I, I don't feel like Morpheus was very strong not the actor's fault he's really good at a bunch of other stuff oh yeah but it's just his weird deal. I just I couldn't I couldn't get on that vibe. And maybe that's just my own faults. Mm-hmm. But literally from the one hour mark beyond, it gets weird and not in a fun, awesome way. And then it ends on a very flat note. And I say that because at the end, Trinity and Neo come back into the Matrix, harasses the shit out of the analyst. Rightfully so. He has it coming. Mm-hmm. But then they're like, now we're in charge. We're going to take control of the Matrix. There's no major reason why they need to mm-hmm. in my mind it's like why don't we end this whole machine thing
0: Just shut it down shut
1: it down <laughs> neo's original thing was to shut it down shut it down <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> but it's there's no reason to and then that's where i see niobe's logical sense and and then it, it unravels bugs's story because bugs is literally just going around trying to find neo right but There's no reason to find Neo like we discussed. Niobe's kind of on the right path. She's like, hey, look, shit's going good. Don't fuck it up.
0: Right. The machines are doing their own thing, but they're not focused on us anymore.
1: Yeah. If I literally, if me and you and all the people we love actually exist in the real world and I watch you die Mm -hmm. and your family get wiped out because of this senseless war of us as machines and they put me in charge. Yeah. And I, I actually found a way for us to like, yeah, unfortunately you're gone, but I found a way to make it exist where other people wouldn't have to go through what you did. And seeing the loss of you and your family in front of me, I would make the choice to protect everybody right? and say, hey, look, don't fuck this up. We finally got this figured out. And yet, Neo's like, no, man, I gotta find my girlfriend.
0: <laughs> I need to go rescue Trinity.
1: That's not a good enough reason. <laughs> I'm gonna lock his ass up. That's it. I get where Naomi's coming from. Everything's cool.
0: Yeah, no, that makes sense.
1: Why are we fucking shit up? <laughs> so that does not So now that they have acquired their powers again, and then la di da. Smith is running around free as well. (laughs) That's not really resolved. We have a serious situation with Smith. Right. His own sentience, his own thing. The analyst is kind of like, crap the bed and just has to sit there and deal with it. But the Matrix itself is not resolved. Yeah. We're just in another loop now under the control of Neo and Trinity. Yeah. What are they going to do? Like, are we, is everything just like, it's one massive LGBTQ parade, like just rainbows all the time? I'm pro LGBTQ. But that doesn't solve the fact that humankind is still trapped in a prison.
0: Right. I kind of wonder if there's going to be a sequel or if there will be more projects. And I, I haven't looked to yeah. see if they, if they are trying to do that. Yeah. But I feel like it is setting it up where it could go forward mm-hmm. with more, but it might not. And if it doesn't, that is a weird place to end it.
1: I, I feel like you're right with Warner Brothers. Mm-hmm. They are going to... They're just going to run this franchise through the, the wood chipper mm-hmm. it's just what they're gonna do to to <laughs> they're gonna like squeeze it like for blood and money like every penny they can get out of this series they will right so i think we're they're gonna we're gonna see a shit ton of more matrix and uh, hbo series spinoffs where we explore the the prequel of the matrix and the previous five versions we're gonna get so much crap right um and it's maybe some of it maybe winners But yeah, I stick at a three with me. What's yours?
0: Okay. I would give it a five and I agree with a lot of what you're saying. I'm hopeful that we could get more of an explanation and more content in a future project and see more sequels. Like this could, this could start a new trilogy and there could be a deeper conflict. There could be something brewing within the machines that causes Niobe to have to rethink her strategy. Mm. You know, I was really confused by the whole meta video game scenario that we talked about earlier Mm -hmm. like I I feel like everything that they did outside of the Matrix was cool and fresh Mm. and um the new I, free world yeah the new free world that whole thing was really cool and i really liked what i was there. incredible yeah. yeah but inside the matrix the whole idea that it was a new version of the matrix and neo is this prominent character who designed a video game but the video game is based on the first three movies
2: mm-hmm.
0: that whole thing just felt really unoriginal lazy and yeah kind of lazy. Mm-hmm. So. I think five is a good spot where I'm hopeful that this could grow into something new and keep telling the story outside the matrix. Yeah. And maybe this is just, just a slow start, Mm -hmm. but if it doesn't do that, then obviously it wasn't the best of the matrix. So yeah, I'd say five.
1: Oh, that's fair. Cool. I could agree with it.
0: Moving on to our next category. Sights and
1: sounds. That is the first time people get to hear sights and sounds and it's, it's epic as all get go. Oh, so good. Um, <laughs> I love your enthusiasm. Uh, you want to go first since I got to go first on the other one.
0: Sure. Visuals I'd give a seven. Okay. Visuals are outstanding. Mm-hmm. I really like watching this movie visually. I was thinking, man, the original trilogy was ahead of its time.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It was before they really got really good at digital motion capture. It was before they got really good at CGI. Mm-hmm. It was still really good, but it wasn't great. Yeah. And this movie really like modern technology is doing such good things with animation and visuals mm-hmm. and um, supporting live action films. I thought the visuals were spectacular, especially yeah. with like the new designs on the ships, the, um, the new version of the matrix, the, the city of io that whole thing yeah all of it was very cool to look at like i had a great time watching the movie for the visuals
1: morpheus is like um corporeal form yeah as the <laughs> the beads, the beads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh I, i'm i'm on board with you i i visually uh, i would actually give it an eight Oh, um, it looked everything looked good when we say visual and we talk about the actual physical science and the technology behind the visuals, mm-hmm. incredible stuff. I, I mean, just watching uh, bugs jumping from the the rooftops or sliding or landing or her doing the the flipping over inside that hallway when she's escaping with the initially Smith now Morpheus. I mean, that's confusing in its own, yeah, but her kind of like running it upside down and and her fight scenes are she's so dynamic and good and and we get that delivery. The visuals, in that department strong. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah. Fight scenes were good too. I, it, I'm glad you mentioned that.
1: The fight scenes were good, but the problem is we never got any peak fight scenes, right? We never got anything that was like burly brawl or the coffee house, uh, the tea house fights. Really? The most
0: dramatic one was the one with Neo versus Smith in the basement. Yeah. And it, like you were saying, it kind of mirrored the original movie with the um, subway
1: scene. Yeah.
0: Like that whole thing. It, it wasn't really
1: original feeling,
0: but it was still visually really cool. Yeah.
1: Watch. The, the t- technical execution of it mm-hmm. is really good. I think there's the CGI artists and the teams that did that. Mm-hmm. Um, kudos to you in the grand scheme of the movie, which I guess relates to plot. It's like you didn't deliver any, any, I was expecting at least one like really cool executed fight scene with some creativity. Right. And there wasn't, there were just these little set pieces that never, never, we never cranked it up to a 10. Mm-hmm. We just stayed at a warm seven. Right. But uh, eight, eight for me for the visual side.
0: Cool. And as far as sounds go, like the sound effects mm-hmm. were all really good. Like I didn't really notice any issues. Mm-hmm. But really, I'm thinking more of the score.
1: Yeah, and the orchestral part.
0: Yeah, I tried to look this up. I don't know if they actually composed any new music for the movie.
1: They used two guys. I, I kind of did a glance over. Yeah. They used two guys to do it. And um, I'm just going to say, I'm sorry. I'm sure you're talented. It's shit for this movie. It was (laughs) shit. Like, I just hated it.
0: Well, in the credits, like towards the end where it would say composed by and like musical credits for songs that they used, Mm -hmm. there were three songs. One of them was original and it was the um, Alice in Wonderland song, The White Rabbit or whatever.
1: Yeah, which is actually Um, an old song that existed outside of this, too.
0: Right. And the song that they used in the credits is the same song that they used in the first matrix movie, but it's a cover, but it's a cover by a new band. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the original was a rage against the machine machine track. Wake up. Yeah. Not as good as the original. <laughs> and, where it says the music that they used instead of just like soundtrack and score composed mm-hmm. by so and so, I believe it was Don Don Davis. Don Davis wrote the music for the first trilogy, the first three in the trilogy. Yeah, it just mentions music from The Matrix, The Matrix Reloaded, and The Matrix Revolutions. Quote written by Don Davis. Yep. It doesn't actually say any new music was composed.
1: They just took the old music and spliced it in. Right. Mm-hmm.
0: Three. That's that's my score. <laughs> that why why wouldn't they like try some new things? Why like any new movie, any yeah. reboot, any new addition to a franchise, yeah, I can't think of any movies where they just only used old music mm-hmm. and didn't create anything new. Blazy. And honestly, I I kind of wonder if that was done on purpose, just like screw you Warner brothers. (laughs) We're just going to use the old stuff and not bother to write anything new, which you know what, if that was intentional, great, but it's still, still kind of lazy. Um,
1: Anyway. Yeah. Three for me. I, I would agree. And I do, I'm going to give it a lower score. (laughs) It's arbitrary. And everything you said is so on point Mm -hmm. that it's like, what, WTF <laughs> you I know Lana had unlimited budget yeah and I feel like maybe it's because her resentment is what made this project so weird mm-hmm. but just on the technical aspect of hey, like, hey look you have unlimited money let's make something baller with this right you're right they use the old music from Don Davis the original uh, the call and response for the intro cool mm-hmm. everything else is crap but I give <laughs> I give sounds a zero Oh. And and I say this with fully admitting that I'm biased, I'm a huge Rage Against the Machine fan. <laughs> huge. Zach De La Roca, the lead singer of Rage Against the Machine, uh changed my life. Yeah. Um with his very progressive visions. Like he was singing this stuff back in the nineties. And he talked about uh, wage slavery, um, how we treat immigrants and how we perceive like all these things are our enemies. And it's not. But it's really the system, Rage Against the Machine, the system telling us what to feel and what to think. Like, I, yeah, I'm definitely that kid that was like, yeah, down with the system, man. Like, <laughs> like you don't even know. Uh-huh. You know, like I was that kid. Right. Totally self-loathing and thinking about it now. I love Zachary LaRocca. I love everything he represents with his music. He wrote it with a sense of anger and passion. When you hear the original Rage Against the Machines wake up, it was he delivers these lines with tenacity and acidity right. that really reflects home of like, you should be angry that there is so much injustice happening around the world and to you and I and to each other. And we are told that we should dislike each other based on these things. Right. You took that and you put you put the same fucking song. And I'm sorry, but I'm going to say the F word in its full strength and delivery. And then you gave me a cover that was shit.
0: Ugh, yeah, it wasn't good.
1: I w- When I was watching this with Tara, I asked her, what did I look like? Because at the end, she was like, you're not happy. And I'm like, I am not happy. <laughs> and, she's, and she was like, as soon as that song started playing, I felt like she's like, I saw you just like sink into the couch. Just, I was so distraught that like... <laughs> it was the lowest of lows <laughs> just, this movie would have scored better if they didn't do that if you just would have left it alone mm-hmm. if you just played elevator music that had nothing to do with anything at the end i would have taken that over that cover yeah piss me off oh man zero out of, <laughs> i just i could watch this the whole movie on mute and it would have been a better score
0: Oof. yeah fired up over here strong
1: emotions yeah i'm like
0: waving my arms like a maniac all of our equipment is just wobbling on the table just,
1: never ever use rage against the machine in a bad way like i will come down to your house and hunt you down and and not hurt you but share these very annoying opinions very strong opinions yeah spit in your face berate you with my opinions i won't even wear a mask <laughs> And you know me, I'll mask up wherever, but I won't wear a mask when I berate you about using oh, Rage Against man. the Machine wrong. All right. <laughs> you didn't see that coming, did you?
0: I didn't. That's that's strong.
1: I literally raged against the machine right there. <laughs> yeah, you did.
0: <laughs> Very meta. Oh, man.
1: I too can be self-aware, Lana.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving on to our final category, Scoring. So now we'll tally up our scores for the individual cate- categories. You gave story an a, a three, visuals an eight, and sounds a zero. Mm-hmm. Your total is eleven out of thirty, which, when broken down, mm-hmm. gets you to
1: Beep, boop, 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 boop,
0: boop. do some maths <laughs> I'm
1: gonna have to find a uh, calculating effect. Right. (laughs) For that moment.
0: (laughs) So your total would be a 3.6 out of 10.
1: Mm. 3.6? Mm-hmm.
0: So there's your total, 3.6. Mine adds up to five with the story, seven with visuals, sounds gets three. That's 15. So I've got a five out of 10. So 3.6 for you, five for me. And I think rather than trying to add up our scores together yeah we should stick with that there the the out of 10 scores yeah that way we we have our personal voices right because if we if we do our average from there now it's going to be somewhere in like the four point something
1: in the murkiness yeah yeah no i'm happy to just keep it separated we don't need to do a show average score
0: cool so i've got five out of ten you've got three point six
1: here's where the surprise comes in ladies and gentlemen so if you are Harry Potter fans you'll really get this if you're not I'll uh, give you a quick run through we will score each category on its own to kind of give a strength and and feel to, to kind of give you an idea of how we felt about the movie and Dylan had some strong feelings very very <laughs> extremely I'm raging against <laughs> the machine right now um, but we decided to add this fun factor this variable that's uh, kind of like how the Joker is to Batman just pure chaos <laughs> we originally were going to call it dumbledore points but i realized that uh, dumbledore only gave people points he never took away and i feel like in this special case i'm actually taking away points we're going to call this the i think at this moment the harry potter modifiers where we get to arbitrarily modify our score with deductions or additions based on whatever (laughs) and because i'm so angry if we're going to add points we're going to call it dumbledore points but if we're going to remove points we're going to call it snape points
0: Snape subtractions. <laughs>
1: <gasps> oh yeah. Snape. Oh, very good. You are a genius. And, uh, I'm a, what 3.6. Yep. I, I would like to use some Snape, uh, subtractions, whatever the math boils out to, it needs to come down to a one. <laughs> this movie is a one. Wow. Out of 10. Please, uh, please note that.
0: <laughs> okay. So Dylan's final score is one out of 10 mm-hmm. ladies and gentlemen.
1: Yep. <laughs> Using my Slytherin Snape skills. I'm detracting the shit out of this movie. So yeah, this is where the game gets crazy and scoring is whatever we get to this point mm-hmm. can stay or can be modified. Yep. Based on the host
0: on our arbitrarial. <laughs> uh, no, arbi- yeah. Arbitrarial opinions. Yep. Just, uh, <laughs>
1: yep. <laughs> Snake points activated. Oh man.
0: <laughs> I'm going to stick with my five out of 10.
1: Okay. No. I,
0: I am hopeful for the future of the matrix franchise, Knowing Warner Brothers, they're going to milk it for all it's worth, mm-hmm. and I hope that Lana and maybe even uh, Lily mm-hmm. gets back involved, and I hope they stay involved and really try to do it right yeah, and keep Warner Brothers from messing it up. Yeah, because just like with how self-aware they were throughout the movie, and it's really obvious that they're pointing towards Warner Brothers was going to do this anyway, mm-hmm. and here's some evidence to point towards that with the Merovingian, with Smith, and mm-hmm. the the whole focus group to create the Matrix Four, all of that stuff. It, very self-aware, very um, critical of Warner Brothers handling of this franchise. Mm. So I'm I'm hopeful that that takes a turn. They see that this movie was not well received because of those things. Mm -hmm. And they try to improve in the future. If not, I don't know if there's much hope for the future of this franchise, but I enjoyed the movie as an addition to the franchise, despite its flaws. Yeah. And there were flaws, (laughs) um, But yeah, I'm, I'm hopeful for the future. It visually was spectacular, told a decent story, not a perfect story, but at least the parts of the future without Neo Mm -hmm. and the, um, what the machines did after he kind of reset the matrix. I was very into all of that, just the whole video game trapped within the matrix, the way the analyst was running this new version,
2: Mm -hmm.
0: not really great thematically. So yeah, five five out of 10 for me,
1: one out of 10, I, I say this um, even after understanding uh, a larger real-world conflict for Lana. You say you're excited to see where it goes if they add more. And and I would agree to that. I just, at the moment, I'm kind of clouded by a rage. Yeah. that Against the machine. Against the machine. That is Warner Brothers, but also Lana. It's kind of like, look, I know you're mad. I know you didn't want to do this movie. And, and I appreciate that. And it's kind of one of those moments where it's like, I think about like, what if Stranded in Streaming became such a huge hit, but then mean you retired? And then someone held a gun to my head and said, like, "You got to come back, or else we're going to relaunch Stranded Streaming and do it the way we want, where we don't have Dumbledore points." You know, it's like
0: <laughs> you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't.
1: Yeah, and and so I I gratefully respect, and I I still to this day, even after this, respect the Wachowskis, Lana and Lily for their ability to craft an incredible story that that will never leave my love for the matrix will never leave they make good movies they make good they made v for vendetta Mm -hmm. one of my favorite also hugo weaving like really good stuff like they they're not lack of talent right her resentment to warner brothers gave us this piece and i don't see it getting better unfortunately and maybe i'm clouded at the moment i mean i'm happy to admit i'm wrong here in five years when we have two more matrix sequels that just blow my freaking mind (laughs) and I, i i'm a guy that i'm willing to admit when i'm wrong yeah and and I'm open to the interpretation that I'm wrong in the future. But at the moment, I don't see her wanting to come back and really making good mm-hmm. or making it better. I don't see Warner Brothers really coming in with a team of writers and and allowing them a creativity like the Wachowskis received. Right. I think Warner Brothers is going to meddle the hell out of it and be like, well... That's not going to make action figures. That's not going to print money. So we don't like that. Right. Um, I mentioned a larger context that was very touching and difficult to assess this movie is that Lana came back to this, was not going to, but decided to do it because of the passing of her parents, Mm -hmm. her mom and dad. Very close with it. And then I guess a close friend of hers too. Lots of death happened and I couldn't even imagine and fathom the pain Mm -hmm. of dealing with that. So Lily didn't want to come back to the Matrix ever because Lily was like, hey, I closed the... We closed it. We're done. Right. Lana wanted to come back, but it was, it was a catharsis for, her. it was the chance to see people that knew her parents again. Uh, Neo, Keanu Reeves, Carrie Ann Moss, all these mm-hmm. people. So it was like, it was a weird therapy thing for Lana to do this movie, to see people that remembered her parents. It was her form of therapy. Mm-hmm. And, Gosh darn it! I didn't like the movie, but I can so respect a person needing a thing to to heal, to hang on to. Yeah, and I and I hope Lana got to heal at the end of this whole movie. Wherever the score is, I don't care. Yeah, I hope Lana got what she needed as a person to to carry on to to grow. Right. I agree, and to heal her wounds. Mm-hmm. That being said, as a movie, <laughs> gosh darn it, you got me mad, <laughs> and I I don't I don't like it. Yeah, I just don't. But I, I will still look forward to whatever Lana and Lily comes out with. I think they're at their strongest when they're not being so resentful. Yeah. And actually, I, that's incorrect for me to say. It. Not they. Just Lana. Because Lana's in charge of this one.
2: Right. Lily wasn't involved.
1: Yeah. So if Lana comes out and does other stuff, I definitely want to see it. And I, w- I want to see it approached in a way that of creativity and magic making. Yeah. Not as a spiteful fuck you to all the fans. Because she, like, in a weird way, shit on Warner Brothers. Good for her. But kind of like shit on the fans. And there are toxic Matrix fans out there, just like Star Wars. Gatekeepers in every community. Yeah. Um, The people that think they're smarter than they really are. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, this movie thinks it's smarter than it really is because too many flashback scenes. (laughs) Yeah. I got to watch the Matrix Reloaded and the original Matrix (laughs) in, in the Matrix Resurrections. So I don't know if you're resurrecting an old drive-in theater for me to watch a movie within a movie, but there were so many to the point that it was annoying. Right, We couldn't even reenact these scenes with different characters to kind of play with the whole concept. Mm-hmm. But no, there was just a, a lot of...
0: Using old footage and all that, yeah.
1: Yeah, and then, which hits the point, using old music. What a sin. <laughs> you should give a remix or a different take on it or use it and amplify it in ways. The score was just flat.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so in in a word...
1: <laughs> disappointing <laughs> i i personally am disappointed i know you got more out of it and i'm really glad you did yeah you enjoyed it much more than but you know i think i think that really speaks to us because i'm a matrix fanboy mm-hmm. and and I'll, I'll admit where the flaws of that is too is my i i do i pedestalize the matrix a little bit
0: and i'm usually just a little more optimistic in general even with things that i'm not as fanboyish or familiar
1: with This explains why you live a happier life than I do. I'm constantly haunted by my negative demons. Like, I want to like this. And like on one shoulder, it's just a fat version of me or a fatter fatter version of me. Like, you you do want to hate this. And then there's a much, much fatter version of me, a a massively obese version of me on the other shoulder saying, no, we kind of like it. (laughs) Yeah. And and if you ever want to get on the wrong side of me, use Rage Against the Machine in the wrong way. (laughs) Uh, do you have anything else for the Matrix? No, I think that pretty much wraps it up. Resurrections. Let's see. Uh, I'm just going through my notes real quick. Yeah. Everything's bad after the first hour of the movie. That's one of my notes. Too many <laughs> flashbacks. OMG. The Merovingian sucked. But I, I kind of correct that now. I I kind of appreciate him. Yeah. Neo can't fight ever. Also, the fight scenes all suck.
0: <laughs> really, not the the Merovingian sucked. It's Warner Brothers
1: sucked. Warner Brothers sucks. <laughs> But if you want to sponsor the show, please email us. And yes, we'll yes, be, please. We are happy to take your dirty, <laughs> dirty money. <laughs> uh, didn't you like Agent Smith. Neil Patrick Harris sucked. I'd rather have James McAvoy.
0: Lots of, lots of suck.
1: Scenes where Berg is a literal Neo fanboy. <laughs> Ugh, long sigh. Movie ends up being about Trinity, which is more than cool, but Mad Max Fury Road did it better. Boom. The good first hour of the movie. Jessica Henwick, that's a highlight. I would watch this movie if Jessica Henwick was like the star. The Neo. Yeah. Yeah. And she didn't even need to have superpowers. It's just like what if this movie was Jessica Henwick, like almost like a detective film mm. where she's solving the puzzle,
0: trying to figure out what happened to Neo.
1: Yeah. And and Neo just pops up here and there, but it's really like fight scenes action. Um, you could see IO, you could see all this stuff. And she solves the riddle that like they're only reviving Neo and Trinity. Right. Which I, I failed to say that during the Lana moment to kind of pay respect to Lana, even though I'm upset with the movie. Yeah. Resurrecting Neo and Trinity was her cathartic way of resurrecting her parents. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I so remember reading about that. I wanted to throw that out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, face Zucker suck. <laughs> I, I, that will stick <laughs> with me. Do you have any quotes you like from the movie? Any lines that kind of stuck out or made you laugh? Or mm.
0: the graffiti in the bathroom when he's in the montage of creating Matrix Four. Mm. It is so much simpler to bury reality than it is to dispose of dreams.
1: Ooh, that's beautiful. I liked that. That was a good you quote. and the quote. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> okay, I guess. Uh, so I guess we'll try to start closing uh, the episodes with just a line that we like. Yeah. And that was yours.
0: Maybe we'll start opening with dad jokes and closing with quotes.
1: Ooh, uh, noted. I like that. Yeah. We can see how long we can carry that tradition. Probably two episodes, <laughs> and we forget. Uh, I guess I'll close with uh, one of my favorite lines from the movie. That kind of sums up the movie in its whole. You ruined every suck-my-silky-ass thing. <laughs> That's from the Merovingian.
0: <laughs> you got to do it in a French accent.
1: <laughs> I, I cannot. I'm, I cannot do a French accent to save my life. Um, Carter, can, can, uh, <laughs> here's here's the, the line at the bottom of my iPad. Please give me your best French impression. Oh,
0: boy. I'm going to ruin this. But all right. I'll give it a try. <laughs> you ruined every suck-my-silky-ass thing. <laughs>
1: Oh, my goodness. <laughs> um, I'm going to say on, on, on that note, that closes it. But I promise you I'd share you a funny story relating on how I feel about The Matrix. But it happened recently. Yeah. If you notice, my voice sounds a little bit off. It's because the bottom left half of my face is swollen up. And it's from a wisdom tooth that's refusing to come in properly. Ooh, we got <laughs> it's been sad trombone since Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. Okay. And how I feel about this movie is just a very short snippet of what happened to me on Christmas morning. You haven't heard the story, right? Because I, no. I, I've been trying to keep it from you.
0: Right. You haven't said anything yet.
1: Okay. I'll try to make this quick so we can end the episode and you can go home. <laughs> uh, envision Christmas morning. Nothing is open. And you have a throbbing pain in your head that is a toothache. And so you are sitting on the crapper trying to get your morning started. You have to go visit family an hour away. And you're Googling how to fix this, like swishing salt water, doing all this crap. And the only thing that pops up is Oragel 4X, Mega, whatever. Mm -hmm. This is the capitalistic product that will solve my problems. (laughs) It's Christmas morning. Nobody's freaking open. But Walgreens is. Flash forward an hour and a half from then, still suffering, still miserable, walking into Walgreens. They didn't sponsor this story, by the way. Uh, (laughs) Wandering the store. It's Christmas Day. Okay. Christmas Day morning. Yeah. There's really never employee at Walgreens. Not, not that they're not helpful. They're just understaffed, like everybody is. Yeah, not their fault. I wandered the store in the pain relief section, trying to find Orajel 4X Mega Pain Solver. Couldn't find it. Where the fuck is it? It's over there, where toothbrushes are. <laughs> it's not with pain relief, but I guess that makes sense. Tooth stuff. Sure. I grab the package, run up to check out, and the woman says, "Well, do you have a membership number?" <laughs> I don't know. Do you have a phone number? Yeah, here's my phone number. Well, it doesn't look like you're a member. What's well, fine? Do you want to apply for a credit card? I am throbbing out of my head. This product is eleven ninety nine. I will give her fifty dollars right now. She can keep the change, keep the tip. I just want the freaking shit to put on my mouth. We go through this 21 questions of what's your favorite color, mother's maiden name, all this shit so I can buy gel I'm super upset. It's not her fault. I did not I did not reveal any of this to the woman. I was just in a lot of, lot of pain and sweating. <laughs> I was sweating and just furious. Mm-hmm. Finally, give her everything. I, I buy the thing. I run out into my car, shut the door. Tara sitting next to me. She's like, did you get it? I said, yes. So here I am cracking the package open just taking the whole thing of aura gel sticking into my mouth and just squirting it all over the back of my left so the bottom left of your head imagine just spraying this goo in there Mm
2: -hmm.
1: the goo's getting everywhere and i'm like this is not working so i take it out so here i am it's like 9 30 on christmas day morning and i'm finger fucking my mouth outside of a walgreens with my point my index finger just rubbing all over there this is the anticipation of The Matrix Resurrections. This is what I've wanted for 20 years. I wasn't sure, but I was really excited because it's here. It's finally in my hand within grasp. This is the equivalent of that Wednesday night when I hit play on HBO+. What turns out is that the Orgel does not work. It numbed the entire left side of my face. My tongue was numb. And then I drooled all the way for my hour drive to oh, see no. my in-laws. <laughs> and all it did was numb everything around my face. Yet let me focus completely 100% on the pain. That is my wisdom tooth. (laughs) And that was the Matrix Resurrections, baby.
0: Oh, good story. Thank you.
1: Wow. That wraps it up. That's rough. Every suck my ass silky thing. (laughs)
0: Tune in next time for more on the Matrix. Don't worry. The other three are better.
1: Yeah. The, so other, stick, the other three. Stick
0: with it if you haven't seen them before. Um, if, hopefully this isn't your first entry into the Matrix. But if it is, watch the other three. They are much better.
1: Then they're accessible. There are, HBO is definitely pushing you to watch all of them. Oh, yeah. So you'll have a good time in the first three movies. <laughs> in, in my very unhumble opinion. <laughs> Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next week. Toodles. If you made it this far and you like the show, please hit subscribe on whatever podcast listening platform you use. We're available on all major platforms such as Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and more.
0: To stay up to date and keep in touch, check out our Instagram at Stranded and Streaming. We'll post regular updates there for our followers. Feel free to send us a DM if you have any comments, questions, or requests for future reviews. But most importantly, thanks thanks for listening. listening.